Slapdicks, it's your pal, Santa Claus, here to tell you about promotional considerations paid for by the following. Patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. Join the fun, be a slapdick, tell your friends, tell your family. Well, maybe not all of your family. <laughs> it's Conrad Thompson and Tony Schiavone with even more silly shit. I bet you didn't know I could say that. <laughs> and by LoisRules.com. Have you been naughty? Have you been nice? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Get all of your t-shirts from what happened when right now at loisrules.com do you have dog hair well ha, don't call lois <laughs> remember tony shivani is your favorite why because bruce pritchard and eric bishop have been naughty <laughs> and most importantly merry christmas Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Welcome to WHW Monday. Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson. Jim Crockett for Starcade, 605 NWA, TV title, Cajun Omni, the Bunkhouse Stampede, Flair and Horseman, Garvin, Bogey, Magnum, Dusty, Express Tag Team, Turner, Bond, and Mid-South Joy World Championship Wrestling. Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA and Jim Crockett Promotions. Tony and Friends what they win, look, Shivani's back again, World Title Split, Off Center Stage, Bischoff, Disney, Hogan, and Nitro, New World Order, and The Crow, Russo, Arquette Champ, Vinny Mac, Simulcast. Tony's back with Conrad, not your classy podcast. Watch along, try not to laugh, Lois rules, cat back. This wasn't the initial plan, Tomsey's a good looking man. Quondike Bill, make a chair. Tommy, you come over here. What happened when? WHW Monday. And now, let's go to the ring, and here's your co-host, Hey Hey. Hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When? With the voice of our childhood on Jesus's birthday. Merry Christmas, everyone, and most of all, Merry Christmas to you, Mr. Shivani. Thank you, Conrad, and ho, ho, ho to you, too. I hope it's been a great Christmas at the uh, Conradison with your entire family. It's another, well, coming to the end of another year of you and I together. We are uh, moving into our uh, next month. We'll be into our fourth season, fourth season. Of what happened when it's been a great 2019 as we look back on a little bit, but uh, thanks. It's great to be with you once again. It's great to be with all of our schlepidics. Boy, what a year 2019 was for this old bastard. Hey, why are you calling me a bastard? Uh, I, I was referring to, uh, I was referring to me. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, you're a bastard. I yeah. Uh, and, um, so yeah, it's been great. And, uh, today we're going to, we're going to go back and, and take, go back in the archives, take a look at, uh, at, at one of my favorite, uh, promotions, ECW. 
a promotion I, that has lived forever. I love that you're saying one of your favorite promotions when you didn't even know what the fuck ECW was about until the show. This show has expanded your uh, your taste in wrestling. Fair to say? Yeah. It. Uh, well, yeah. Hell yeah. God, I. It's well known that I would not watching any wrestling at all back then, except our own. Didn't pay attention to the what the enemy was doing, if I can call him the enemy, or let's just say the other guys were doing the enemy. Listen to you much like I don't pay attention to what the other guys are doing these days. Well, I mean, God damn, you don't even pay attention to what your company's doing. No, 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 no. I'm doing, fully man. entrenched in what's going on in my company, buddy. Oh, really? We're oh, yes, sir. But I am a team motherfucking player. That's not true. You quit this podcast three times this week. Well, I was talking about AEW. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Just, you know, when, when you say team player, my nostrils flare a little bit. You know, Your nostrils the, flare a lot. Well, well, they do lately because you're just, you're just the old dirty bastard of wrestling podcasting. But it's fitting because we're talking about ECW's massacre on 34th Street. That's right. Not miracle on 34th street, but massacre on 34th street, a true ECW style. And we're doing it on Christmas day. How fun is that? Yeah. And I've got a little Christmas, uh, a little Christmas card, a little Christmas gift for all the listeners out there. Is it about your penis? No, it's just, uh, it's just a, a, a little, this is from my heart and deep in my heart and deep into my feelings to everyone out there. Okay. Okay. If you're offended by what we say, mm. fuck you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas. And I was hoping you were going to tell everybody how they could get their dicks real, real hard this Christmas. Yes. There's only one way to do that. Conrad, as you know, and that's with our good friends at what? This episode is sponsored by them. Tony, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Oh yeah. Well, now, oh, you, yeah. now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up bluechew.com. That's blue, like the color blue and bluechew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they can work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. By the way, Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door, all in a discreet package. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy, and best of all, there's no more awkwardness. And right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free. When you use our promo code WHW, just pay $5 shipping again. That's B L U E C H E W.com and use our promo code WHW to try it for free. Blue chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast and Tony's personal cockmate. Yes. Thank you very much. You know, we say what happened when. Do you remember what happened when your dick would get hard on command back when you maybe first graduated from high school and were in college or 
getting a job for the first time, well, Blue Chew can take you back to what happened when back then and right. get it hard on call. Can you, did you ever do like dances with your gimmick? Dances with my gimmick? Yeah. Like, you know, could you like, you know, make no. them bounce around or whatever like no, to the beat no. of music or something? No, <laughs> no, I never did. Really? I never did that, but that's a pretty good idea. No, oh, dude, it's, it's a, it's a party favor. I learned it from pop pop. Maybe I'll chew one this year and, uh, in front of Lois, make it better. Well, listen, come on. No, here's what you should do. Pop 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 pops could bounce around. Mine could just kind of wiggle around. Yours would flail. Maybe flail. Yeah. Um, dangle. <laughs> have you dangle tickles pants? One of my favorite words. Uh, have you ever considered putting like, um, I mean, it's Christmas just to get in the Christmas spirit or whatever the spirit of giving, you know, spirit of, 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 of service mm. celebration. Mm. Have you ever thought about like a mistletoe belt buckle? I, I've not, I, I've never even heard of those. Well, if you would, here's the deal. I've got a few here at the house <laughs> this time of year, it's festive. And if you break that out at your house, it is tradition. She's got to at least consider it, right? Yeah, she'd consider look at rolling her eyes what she would do. She's not, she's a very difficult person, as you know, as been very uh, documented on this show. Uh, so I don't know if she'd go for that. But it's worth trying. You never know. She may be in a festive mood. Well, let's talk about this. Maybe, and I'm, I'm just freestyling, maybe she hasn't been presented the right package. Maybe she's still looking for the perfect package, a package that maybe is perfectly quaffed and smells great. Well, I'm glad you asked because support for what happened when comes from manscaped.com. Who's the best in men's below the belt grooming manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. So jingle balls to the walls, fellas, listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. Of course, we're talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. And unfortunately, a lot of our listeners, including one very well-known one, uh, has had a manscaping accident this year where he, uh, he may or may not have had a little bit too much to drink. He may or may not have gotten the bat signal that it was time to throw down on some coot goop and, uh, Decided, you know what? Maybe I need to give him an old trim before I pull that rascal out and use the wrong trimmer and just obliterated his sack bait. I mean, just blood everywhere. It looked like CSI in his bathroom when he was done. You don't have to do that. That's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin safe technology. Now, what does that mean? It means it won't nick or snag your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The lawnmower 2.0 comes inside their perfect package 2.0, which makes the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free and smelling nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face that you use on your balls. That's just nasty. And you know, it speaking of nasty also in the manscape, perfect package 2.0 is the crop preserver. Now, what the hell's that? It's an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You heard me right. An anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Now, the best. Sounds silly, but here's the deal. A little common sense action for you. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why uh -huh. are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, uh -huh. your balls stink. Uh -huh. Speaking of stinky and sweaty balls, 
I'm thankful for the Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, will keep your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean. Just ask Heather. And the perfect package also comes with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs. That's going to keep you drunk, feeling fresh all day. Derek in my office has been sporting these a lot. Said it's a big hit at his house. Uh, he's uh, he's smelling fresh down there. It's time to upgrade these over the traditional boxers and use these high performance anti-chafing boxer briefs. So here you go. Tis the season to manscape. Go get yourself, your dad, your brother, and your friends the best gift of all. Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. And just because you listen to this show, we're going to get you 20% off plus free shipping when you use the promo code. Win. W H E N. Win. At manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. One more time, get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code. Win. At manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code. Win. Clean up your nuts, make Santa proud this year, and fire up the WWE Network. Let's pull up ECW's Massacre on 34th Street. I can't believe this is this old. It's more than 19 years ago. December 3rd, 2000. That's ECW Massacre on 34th Street. Listen, do you reckon that uh, old Lois is already into the eggnog, or, or can we get her to mosey up those stairs and see if you can't stock her stuffing? Well... Unfortunately, she is, uh, she's passed away. Well, she's always in the eggnog. Okay. Man, you set that up like that was bad news coming. You've been keeping to yourself. No, she's always into the eggnog. Uh, but, uh, that puts her in a good mood, which is not bad. You know, mm. I, I like her in a good mood and it's difficult to get her in good moods now, man. So there you go. So anyway, let's bring in Lois Shivani. Merry Christmas, Mrs. Claus. And here she is. Three, two, one, play. There we see Steve Carino and Jack Victory. Do you even recognize Jack Victory? No, nah, not at all. You know what? I don't know if Steve does. Would Steve Carino here be talking about having to work with Terry Taylor here in 2019? No. Being his blow boy. Oh, really? You think oh, Terry yeah. Taylor's yeah, a blow boy? Yeah, he's busy blow boy. He's Jeff Jones' blow boy back then. And now he's... Terry Taylor's blow boy. What does that mean? Blow boy. Uh, lackey stooge. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you insinuating that Steve Carino is a bigger lackey and stooge than Terry Taylor? Cause I won't fucking stand for it. If it, if they were still wrestling, they would, they would, they would, they would have their hair blonded like this and they would be called the stooges. I don't think and you've watched enough Steve Carino to, to comment here. Oh, I know Steve. I'm giving him shit. Oh, I was busting balls and defending him. Cause I think Steve Carino was ahead of his time. Steve Carino was at back then was ahead of his time. Absolutely. Now, now he, now he's just another dick lick. Wow. Boy, you're just firing off. How, how well do you know Steve Carino? Uh, quite well. How is this that you know Steve Carino so well? Uh, because he is, he uh, good buddies with Jeff Jones. And, uh, oh, also right. he is a big baseball fan. Reno is, he and I have talked baseball a lot. And, uh, I didn't realize that you, you had conversations with people, uh, you know, I guess on the other side of the fence, you're saying, no, just in general. I mean, you're always too busy to talk to me unless, you know, you're getting paid to do so. So I just assumed that was, I just sort of carried over to, well, I know where my money comes in from. Yeah. Steve Carino. 
No. <laughs> Jack Victory. So Steve Carino's got the belt here, and I guess this has something to do with the main event coming up later on. What well, you reckon? Yeah, reckon. By the way, this- that uh that belt I actually have. That's on yeah. my shelf in the other room. And when Ring of Honor came to uh Nashville a few years ago, back when Jeff Jones worked there and Steve Carino worked there, uh I couldn't make it to that show, but a friend of mine was going, so I sent it up because that belt is the one that Mike Awesome held, which meant that Jeff Jones had to bring it to the ring a bunch back then and Steve Carino too. So they did a little meet and greet with the old ECW belt mm. reunited and it feels so good. Carino dude. I know you didn't see much in this era. You would have loved him. He called himself the king of old school wearing dusty roads, inspired boots, bleeding all over the place, mm. uh, cutting great promos. Mm-hmm. You would have loved him. And now he's just a dick lick. He went to another promotion that was an upstart that didn't last was a stop and start deal, but he led a group called the extreme horseman had, had CW Anderson on his side, took on Terry Funk in a, in a war games. I mean, just really, really good stuff. Big fan of his, I wish he was like 10 years younger because you know, when a lot of guys, his size started to pop off, he could have been right in the middle of it, but. In this era, it still feels like we're at the tail end of the land of the giants. So here we are, the uh, Hammerstein ballroom in New York city Hammerst- and this Hammerstein, just so Hammerstein, you know. Hammerstein. Uh, well, hello there. I, uh, this is near the end of the run, isn't it? Of ECW. Yeah. This is not a good show. There's one phenomenal oh. match on this that stands out to me all these years later. There's a couple of passable things, but really not a great show. Uh, not the best ECW we're ever going to see, but you know, listen, Christmas has got a lot of disappointment for a lot of us. So I figured let's just keep the theme going today. <laughs> well, here's a guy that's not a dick leg. Here's a guy's one of our buddies. Uh, we have a lot of time for Joel Gertner. I think uh, maybe Joel is one of the more underutilized talents in wrestling in 2019. Like I still feel like Joel still has a lot of, a lot of a lot to give. He's still entertaining. Nope. He's still quick witted for whatever reason, just doesn't have his, uh, foot in the door in the right spot right now. I don't, I don't understand why I don't either. He's a good guy. Uh, if you've seen him at, at our star cast events, uh, you know, that he's lost a, a lot of weight. Oh, it's the ridiculous. Yeah. And, but he is also, uh, you're right. He's a talented kid and he works hard and I have a lot of time for, for Joel Gertner. Yeah. Really a great guy. Great friend of the show too. Yeah. And not only that, um, uh, back then I didn't, uh, didn't know much about Joe. As you know, we've talked about that. Didn't know much about Joel Gertner ECW back then, but he was pretty good, man. He was look at that. The, the fans were, were right on what he was saying. He did great. He had Joey, Joey styles laughing there. Yeah. I mean, really some, some crazy Tony Schiavone level shit. I'll play the audio. I get an opportunity. Hmm. No, we're right to the open now. Yeah. He's already, I like it. that. I like that sign. Hey, Paulie, where's my check? <laughs> this open notice how long this open is, Tony. Mm. It's the longest open ever. Mm, there is Robbie Van Dam. And of course, wow. Van Dam was the man back then. Wasn't he? Rhino. It's a wonder. 
you know, if you think about it, Conrad, you take a look at all these spots that they're doing and crazy shit they're highlighting. It's a wonder that there weren't all kinds of terrible injuries. Deaths in the ring. Deaths. Really? I mean, you think about it. You do so many table shots. You do so many chair shots. You put people through fire. Eventually something. Oh my God. What was I saying? Something wrong is going to happen. And, um, I just, uh, I, I think, uh, I don't know. I, I, I say it's, it's a common theme with me. I get it. And I even, you know, I talked to the kids that we have at uh, AEW right now, the crazy shit they go through and the crazy shit they do is spectacular. The fans love it. And it's kind of what we're about and what ECW was about at a even higher level. But it's so dangerous. It's so dangerous. I sound like an old grandpa. You are. It's so dangerous, son. It's so dangerous. You just can't go out there and do that shit every day. You just can't. You're going to hurt yourself. You, well, I well, wouldn't mind being hurt like that. There are there are some things that happen on the show that that don't hurt, like Dark Order punches. <laughs> Fucking... No problem. <laughs> Is Francine in this show? I love that you're just like, let me shift gears real fast. So, <laughs> dude, when that when that clip started to get passed around, got viral. What, what, what's going through your mind? Mm. Hello? I'm looking at Johnny Swinger and Simon <laughs> Diamond. <laughs> We should mention, since you and I have talked, you have been visited by an alien. Yes, I have. Did that, was there any probing? I wish. I always assumed when there was an alien in your life and to- the word alien and Tony Schiavone were in the same sentence. If those two words were in the same sentence, probing surely was going to be part of that. I, sentence. As you probably know, by watching TV, I was, as we say, booped. You were booped. Yes, I was. Um, and man, you know, when I got booped, the first word that came to my mind, <laughs> what was that? Tussle. Tussle. Oh, <laughs> 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 yeah, baby. I love that, that your dirty talk at this advanced stage of yours has a lot of code words. <laughs> she tried to boot me and I tried to tussle her. They gave her the old boop and tussle. She is all right in my book. It's like the bump and run and basketball, but there's another, there's another one who's all right in my book too. You know, I wanted to ask you about, I know you don't watch anything on the other side, but right. Have you at least heard of Rhea Ripley? No. I want you to just type this in your, in your Google machine right fast. Well, spell it for me. R H E A space. R I P L E Y and just click Google image. Cause I'm about to make your day. You're going to anoint her queen tussle. Well, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, let's just say Tony Shivani has a type and I'm acutely aware of that. Yes, you do. Yeah. So 
Rhea Ripley be- won the NXT belt the other night and she was like their main event. And obviously she's got a very unique look, uh, but she's, uh, she's not five, one, 105 pounds. And I'm like, Tony Schiavone's in. Mm. Here's another one to type in your Google machine. Okay. Jamie hater. Oh yeah. You've yeah. I don't remember. You told me all about this one live one day. Yeah. I, as a matter of fact, I. As a matter of fact, when she debuted on TV, mm-hmm. I got a text message within seconds from you. So right. Was, I, yeah, that's a little behind the scenes stuff that I probably shouldn't say, but I'm on the desk and she walks out and I got the phone there. <laughs> I immediately sent a text to you and Silva. Just one word. <laughs> Tussle. Tussle. That's and it. then, then I went backstage afterwards and took my picture with her and sent it to you guys. I'm thinking, man, I have a lot of time for Jamie Hader. I have a lot of time for Don Marie too. Is Jamie Hader your favorite AEW performer? Uh, uh, I don't know. I have a lot of favorite AEW performers. I have a lot of people I like. Boy, that was a perfect opportunity for you to gag on Cody. <laughs> I mean, I'm teeing up the gagging moments here and you're not even taking them. Oh God. Well, <clears throat> let's, uh, let's put my job behind us right now for a second and let's talk about Don Marie. I'm ready to talk about it. What do you want to say about it? Uh, I just want to look at it. Look at Bill after <laughs> like he can ruin a shot. How many knuckle shuffles do you think kids my age did to Don Marie in 2000? Wow. Is that what we call it, The knuckle shuffle. Okay. Tell me about this match here. <laughs> what do you want to know? Well, you know all about these performers. You were a uh, ECW connoisseur. Okay. So the ring announcer's name is Steve DeAngelis. I'm going to play the audio here from Don Murray. Okay. No, I'm not. What am I thinking? Uh, Don Murray is going to say, whoever wins gets not just my managerial services, but all that I have to offer. They get everything I have. That sort of deal. My panties. Well, I think she's she's talking about something else. I think she was talking. Oh, God damn, Tony. Are we just going to be that disgusting that we've got to spell everything out? I was going to call it her hot pocket. Hot pocket. Hot pocket. Mm-hmm. So this match. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, this match is, is for the managerial services of Don Marie. And I know, I know who Johnny Swinger is. Okay. I remember him. So Johnny Swinger is teaming with a guy named Simon Diamond. And Simon Diamond's gimmick is Simon Says. Uh, yeah, we've, we've talked about him before and he is behind the scenes, um, a mover and a shaker in the wrestling business. And for years and years was a big part of, uh, impact wrestling. He's going to be taking on the blonde haired guy, which is uh, Christian York, who was a journeyman wrestler who a lot of people thought was going to be a very, very big deal in wrestling. And, you know, he definitely had, you know, some shining moments here, there, but for whatever reason, never really connected the way a lot of people assumed that he would, but he was one of those guys who, you know, popped up here and there and everywhere. And people thought, boy, he's going to be a big deal, uh, especially in this era. 
Uh, he did have a little bit of a run with, uh, TNA. I think he was, um, involved with their X division and maybe was in a gut check and he might've even won that. Um, but that was years later probably a decade more than this. Uh, we also would see, uh, the dark haired guy in there. That's Joey Mercury and Joey Mercury has done a lot in the wrestling business. He's most recently made Twitter fame. How about them just making her step through the ropes a few times here? Just to take a look at the no, no, uh, Joey Mercury though, lately in a, a bit of a, a blood feud with ring of honor and, um, now you mean with the promotion or is it a gimmick going on? No, not a gimmick. He specifically okay, is calling yeah. out Joe Coff, who is in charge of ring of honor. Uh, ring of honor, of course, is owned by Sinclair broadcasting, a television company that has a ton of money. And, uh, they purchased ring of honor, uh, from a ticket broker who really saved ring of honor. Uh, and, and he purchased ring of honor from Rob Feinstein who started RF video and Feinstein yeah. has been a polarizing figure in wrestling for a long, long time. Um, but the guy he sold ring of honor to is viewed as really like one of the unsung heroes of wrestling and just one of the most beloved guys in the history of the business. Well, now they're with a corporation and mm. guys just don't <laughs> like that as well. And they've made some decisions that a lot of people are sort of scratching their heads about, including, and we've talked about this on the show, the decision to let all in happen without having the young bucks or Cody under contract, they essentially funded their competition and booked their own demise because, you know, they used to run this building uh, that we're watching this show in Hammerstein. So like last year, huge sellout, it was Cody and the bucks last ring of honor show, but they historically would run this show as their last show of the year. Their Starcade, their WrestleMania was final battle. And it was always a sellout. And this year it was like 300 tickets. Hmm. So they're just sort of circling the drain. And, and one of those guys is, um, sort of leading the charge and that's Joey Mercury. He was a trainer for them. And Joey has had some on again, off again, substance abuse issues and mental health uh, issues. And he was with WWE for a long time, had a great tag title run with uh, John Morrison, who's been nicknamed everything in wrestling from, you know, Johnny impact and wherever he was, he was Johnny insert that word here. He's and in the WWE again, isn't he? He is back now. That's right. And they were part of a big tag team called Eminem. And they had like a paparazzi gimmick where people would be taking their pictures on the way to the ring. And they were both in impeccable shape, had not a six pack, but a, a whole case of abs. And then they had a manager who would do splits and show her butt crack uh, as she got into the ring. And you would have loved her. Her name's Melina. Um, mm. anyway, he mm. would eventually, um, have some, some issues there and then turn his life around, comes back and would work in the front office as one of the agents and became an on-screen second for Seth Rollins, uh, as part of, uh, a security gimmick with, um, Jamie Noble. Well, then he, I think he, uh, had some more personal struggles and parted ways with WWE. He was supposed to be at the all in show and sort of run their backstage. There was an incident there. He went, found himself in jail and Yikes. then it just sort of got a little dicey from there, but ring of honor gave him a second chance or a third chance or a fourth chance or whatever. And, and, and put him in a position to help train some young guys. And he saw some things that ring of honor was doing that he just felt like weren't moral or ethical or perhaps even legal. So when he quit, he started posting all kinds of stuff that 
maybe he shouldn't have like screen grabs, emails, text messages. Uh, but he felt like he was doing it for a greater good. So it became pretty controversial recently of, Hey, who's right, Joey Mercury or WWE. Um, and this story just continues to unfold. So Joey Mercury, who's trying to get the crowd into this and fire it up has become quite the controversial figure. And one day you and I will watch a ladder match that he was involved in with WWE where an errant ladder shot absolutely obliterated his face in a mm. way that I can't describe just required serious surgery, but his face exploded and it was like someone dumped tomato soup all over the ring and every, it was unbelievable. So he's mm. made incredible sacrifices for wrestling. And by the way, listens to the show listens to, you know, I think most of our podcasts really loves wrestling. He's one of us as a wrestling fan, but he's, he finds himself in uh, a precarious position these days. <laughs> It's a very unique time in wrestling, uh, for many reasons. And I think the reason mostly the reason that it's a, a contra a, a interesting time is because of the internet mm -hmm. because everybody has an opinion and that opinion can go as they say viral. And it, it also was, you know, <laughs> I like that spot pushing the referee into the ropes causing the guy on top to fall down. Uh, but it just is. It's an interesting time. There's so much wrestling out there, and there's so many characters, and there's so many people behind the scenes, and there's so many people that could help promotions out there. And there's, as we you were talking about uh, Mercury, there's so many polarizing figures. Just interesting time to be in wrestling. I'm really, I'm really glad <clears throat> I was alive to see this time. It's to be interesting to see in the next 30 years what's how this sport's going to develop, how it's going to evolve. Because I've said many times, the evolution of the sport right now and what we're seeing right now, basically, I think, at least on the AEW side, is kind of like what we're seeing right now. What do you, what do you mean? Well, see all the high spots and all the flips and flies and going through the tables and stuff like that. That's the stuff is I've mentioned it before. And this stood the test of time. Oh, you I mean, know, somebody I've got to put on your radar that I don't think is on there that I think you would love. Who's oh, that? By the way, as we see this one winding down, this match got a uh, star and a quarter. Yeah. There was more bullshit than actual wrestling in this match. They did a couple of big spots, one outside the ring, but so who should be on my radar? <laughs> one of the more interesting characters in the history of wrestling, Teddy Hart. Teddy Hart is the real. Oh, life. I know Teddy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Have you been, I, I forgot that you worked with him in that indie promotion. Right. Have you, uh, look at Joel Gertner coming to save the day. Wow. You don't fucking push around Don Marie. God damn it. Not at all. Joel Gardner's coming to take care of business. How do you tell him, Joel? Anyway, Joel, um, not Joel. Teddy, I guess, has his own YouTube show. And it's I've just, heard about this. He and his wife. I think it's her his girlfriend. Oh, his girlfriend. And I heard it's just it's just uh, Teddy Hart crazy. She gave him an HJ on an airplane recently on the show. <laughs> that would be Teddy Hart crazy. And by the way, they weren't in the row on the airplane by themselves. She was seated by another person. Wow. 
Now, this is all rumor and innuendo, but no holds barred Christmas. That's all everybody was talking about. And I'm like, wait a minute. What now? He did a what now? And she was where? And how? But he? No. I, uh, I know, I know now, I know that Teddy has been a very polarizing figure in wrestling. I, I understand that, but I have a lot of time for Teddy. Uh, because I just, I don't know. I, I just, well, he, you need to do he entertains me. He does. I've, he's, I've seen him backstage at AEW a couple of times. And when he comes to visit, he's in full gimmick. Uh, no, here's the deal. There ain't no other way. That is how he is. I've only met him one time. Right. Uh, he showed up at Starcast two mm-hmm. and I, I, I was in the little war room in the back. I was not out wandering around and he just appears and I'm like. Teddy. And he's like, Conrad, nice to meet you, man. I love the podcast. And I'm like, dude, big fan of your stuff. Uh, the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> he just, <laughs> it's like, he's like the ghost of Christmas past the wrestling. Right. He just appeared with and a white cat in his arms. Yes. But full <laughs> shimmery gimmick. And yeah, like, you know, um, Brian pumper jewels on, I'm like, what, what's going on? Like, uh, how are you? Hey, uh, would you like something to drink? I, I have these Pepsi's over here that I paid $28 each for, if you'd like one. Um, it was a weird deal, but he just appeared. And I think lately there's been, uh, a, a bit of, uh, bad news in his life. And people have started to alienate themselves from him as a result. So I hope whatever's I- going on, cause I don't know all the details that they get figured out. Some silly looking shit here. And I, and I agree. And, and I hope it gets figured out too, because if you strip down all the things that he's had in the past, the fucker can perform in the ring. Well, I think this is more of a, he's been accused of some not cool stuff. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. I just, I just wish he could be the performer that he is in the ring and, you know, and who is this girl? I'm glad you asked. This is Electra. She was a, a stripper in the Sopranos at, uh, the Bada Bing. Oh, okay. Uh, the fictional strip club that is a real strip club, just by a different name, uh, there in New Jersey. And, uh, she had her gimmicks out on that show and you can Google her and, and check out her bolt on plus twos anytime you'd like. And this right here is easy money and great friend of the show on the left there wearing the Confederate flag. That's Chris Hamrick. How about this thong? What, what, where are you at on easy money's thong? Uh, keep it in. That's Julio De Niro on the left. Now you, you may, a lot of people may not realize this, but these guys are still wrestling today and you may not even put two and two together. I haven't. That that's the dark order. These oh. days they were hoods. One of these guys is evil. Uno. Oh no, no. That's a different guy. Okay. One of those guys is Stu Grayson. No, that's a different guy. I'm talking about all the creepers, all the creepers. Hell, I don't even know who uh, we have. So we have so many creepers. I don't even know who the fuck they are. I just told you it's Chris Hamrick. It's Julio De Niro. It's easy money. They're the creepers, but uh, no, but there's so many. Are they always the creepers? No, there's a few others. Wow. Are there ever Teddy Hart and his cat was a creeper this past week. The cat needs to learn how to work. Got to tighten those punches up. Hmm. 
I mean, seriously, the cat's working punches look like shit. <laughs> well, you just, you got to work with him. Got to see, you got to, got to train him. So there's um, a lot of, there's a lot of wrestling trainers out there. Some of them uh, pretty good. Some of them are shysters. You just got to pick the right one. I'm training a guy balls, Mahoney, no longer with us. He passed yeah. away. We've, we've, uh, we've done a balls Mahoney match on this program before. Well, I was just letting you know that he's still dead. Mm -hmm. So he wouldn't be a creeper. No, now in real life, I'm sure he was a hell of a creeper. You know what they could do? They could put a mask on like a cadaver and bring it out there and be a creeper. I think they tried that this past week and that cadaver's working punches look like shit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I get it. <laughs> Dude, come on, man. I get the, I get where the opinions are coming from here. Uh, what does that mean? The opinions? I mean, I get it. Dude, I have never busted your balls about a goddamn thing on AEW <laughs> until now. <laughs> no, how about this though? I, um, I have enjoyed Wednesday night wrestling. You know, it's. It's reminiscent of, I mean, it's not nearly the same as raw and nitro because I'm not nearly the same. You know, I was 15, 16 years old, just losing my fucking mind about how great this shit was. And now, you know, I'm 38 and I got, you know, businesses and bills and kids, and it's just not the same. Uh, Mm. I, I don't enjoy anything the same way, but it is fun for there to be something, a new wrestling day to look forward to. Cause Monday you sort of, well, I mean, you just dread it a little bit cause it's three hours and you're like, ugh. so, I, and it's not what it used to be either. I mean, it's just, well, but that's un- true with everything, right? So yeah, just sure. All forms sure. of entertainment. I'm realizing as I get older, I just, and I have this theory and I stole this theory from great friend of the show, Brian Rogers. He says, everybody has 10 years. And I think those 10 years are when you're at your most impressionable. Like my dad will listen. To like new music, but my dad really wants to listen to the Eagles and my mom will watch, you know, new Christmas movies, but she really wants to watch the old miracle on 34th street. Like everybody has that place of nostalgia where like even my wife, she'll watch new movies, but man, if breakfast club is on or 16 candles or something like that, she wants to watch that. And, and, and I, I'm the same way with, with wrestling and music and movies and entertainment. I think we all have like 10 years where we're at our most impressionable. And we say, oh man, that's, that's what I grew up on. It's sort of like, oh man, this is how mom used to make whatever your favorite dish was or whatever. So, but this is this, this Wednesday night, quote unquote war that's happened the last few months has really been like as close as I think we're going to get with, with me being an adult to what it was like when I was growing up. Yeah. The only thing about what's going on with Wednesday right now is I don't know that it is caught on. And I'm talking about not us, necessarily us or, or how about balls going up top? Can you believe wow. what we're seeing here? Wow. That's unbelievable. When you think about it, I mean, that's common now, right? But in 2000, a 350 pound motherfucker jumping off the top rope to the floor. That's a big deal. They loved it, man. The fans bought into it. Anyway, it hadn't caught on. You're saying no, I, I, I will give you a perfect example. I was doing a basketball game the other night against SMU. The SMU broadcasters, big time fans of Tony Schiavone. If I can use me, myself in the third person, they both came up and we took pictures, shook hands. 
talked about the old days, talked about the Monday night wars, talked about studio wrestling. They did not realize there was wrestling on Wednesday nights now. Yeah. So I don't think it is caught on on the national level that there's great wrestling on Wednesday nights on TNT. Uh, and of course there's wrestling on, uh, USA today, and there is some sort of wrestling war going on. It just hasn't caught on with people yet. And maybe they're not, uh, maybe they're not in our, uh, your demo, our demo. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, well, I, I, just, I just don't think people, I don't think there's a realization and I don't think there is because my God, there's so much other stuff going. It's a different time. It's a different era, a different era, just for entertainment in general. You know, you've right. got so many choices, so many streaming services, et cetera, et right. cetera. I do want to ask though, do you think there's wrestling on USA today? The newspaper there, there, there probably should be because what they got right now fucking sucks. It is the worst rag I've ever seen in my life. I picked up one in a hotel the other day and it was like picking up the thrifty fucking nickel. You just literally said they don't know there's wrestling on TNT and USA today. Okay. So See, just, I don't even watch USA nor today. <laughs> well, occasionally you should throw the DVR on and mm -hmm. check out your new favorite women's wrestler or, you know, top five, top 10, whatever Rhea Ripley. Cause I think you'd be like, Oh, tussle, tussle, tussle. Jones. Mm -hmm. Oh, shout out to great friend of the show. Taz. He just wrapped up uh, his CBS radio career. Uh, I don't know that a lot of people, I think it's probably just you and him have I don't even know. Maybe that was just Taz, but Taz was a syndicated morning show host for CBS radio for a couple of years. And that's, I, I that might be a first for professional wrestling, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, there is. We're not, we're not talking about a, a wrestling show. We're talking about a syndicated sports talk show, morning sports drive talk. nationwide. Right. right. And, uh, that runs come to an end and I'm excited to see what's next for Taz, but I thought that was a pretty cool deal. So on his last show, I called in and congratulated him on a cool run. And I know that's gotta be like some weird mixed emotions after you've been doing something at a high level for a long time. And then it starts to wind down. So I wanted to just, uh, reach out and say, Hey man, congratulations. You did some really cool shit here that not a lot of people with your background have done. Maybe none. I think he's the first one. Only one. If you do morning radio get up that time every morning and do it on a regular basis. That shows to me, that shows a hell of a work ethic that he's, that he's always had. So, and not only that, come on, we've got, we've seen so many of his matches, you know, watching back on ECW stuff. He's one of our favorites. I love, I love these entrants. I love the way he approached the match. Uh, and I got to know him thanks to you and, uh, you know, being there with us at Starcast, and I have a lot of time for Taz, one of the great performers. Yeah. Great friend of the show, Cassio. He knows how bad morning drive sucks. Put that in perspective. Tesla is like 45 minutes outside of Manhattan. Right. You have to wake up at three 30, take a shower, get dressed, drive to the studio in order to be on the air at six. You don't always have to take a shower. Well, you should Tony Jesus. Either way, the point is three 30 in the morning, bro. And even Cassio, and he didn't do that shit. I think he wakes up at like four 30, but whatever. He still wakes up, takes a shower and he gets his breakfast or lunch together, takes it to the office, knocks out a show, you know, eats something at his desk, does some office work. And then he's home at like regular normal human lunchtime. 
takes a nap and then starts his like part two of his day. So you don't have the normal schedule. Everybody else does. You got to go to bed early. You got to take a nap in the middle of the day. It's a weird deal. But you don't always have to take a shower. You don't have to pack your, your breakfast or lunch because there's Uber eats. So no, buddy, not everybody lives in fucking downtown Atlanta. Just some, I'm just trying to take another, you know, give you another take on it. Well, what do you think about, uh, old easy money's, uh, ring gear here? Well, top five worst ring gear ever. Uh, let me, let me, uh, let me notice it again. Are you talking about the, the, the stripes down the side or whatever you call it? These stupid thigh highs he's wearing. He's yeah, got dude it thigh highs. It sucks. Ooh. Set up there and great. Oh my God. The crazy shit. They're gonna do. Chris Emmerich is a crazy wild motherfucker. That's, that's a pretty good high spot right there. Dude. He's like unbelievable. I want you to take this in your Google machine. Pull that up. What? In your Google machine. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Go ahead. Just type in Chris Hamrick bump B U M P. And the first thing you'll see on your search results at the top will be a little tab that says videos or just say the word videos. And the first one will say Chris Hamrick bump. And you'll see the one, two, three kid in the ring. Okay. Just play that shit. You ain't ready. You watch. I'm not ready. Okay. Um, but I'm getting a lot of gifts. Here it is. Well, it won't play. When old people Google, (laughs) my goodness. (laughs) Okay. Hang on a second. Oh, hold on. Here it is. Oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, I'm, I'm, I'm watching the one where a guy ducks down. He just goes right through the ropes. That's is that it. the one? That's it. <laughs> what a fucking bump that is, dude. <laughs> My God. Chris I've Ham- never, that, that's one of those, you know, you think you've seen everything, but that's one of those, like, well, I've never seen that before. Shout out to Chris Hamrick. Uh, if you Ooh. get an opportunity, throw it in your Google machine. It's worth the look, isn't it, Tony? Oh yeah. And, and I've seen like the, here's one against Owen Hart. He's done it before a couple of times. It is. It is commonly referred to as the Chris Hamrick bump. Wow. <laughs> well, good for him. Good. Good for you, Chris. A bump named after you. Are, are we just gone into a new match here? Looking, uh, I was looking over Chris Hamrick bump and this is, uh, yeah, no, not, this, this not, is a match, same match going on, no, right? It's not. So, uh, easy money pinned balls, Mahoney, two and a mm-hmm. quarter stars. Now we're in match three. It's no nope. against De Niro. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not a fan of this setup at all. Just if you're keeping score at home, I, I didn't like the first match. I didn't like the second match. I'm not going to like the third match. The fourth one though, we're going to start picking up. We're going to start shitting and getting. Okay. Uh, let me know, tell me why, and you were a big ECW connoisseur back then, why you, there's some that you like and some that you don't, what, what to you, uh, define shitting and getting, uh, so there was a time when ECW quit paying guys because they ran out of money, poor management or, you know, 
This will be around that time. I would think. Yes. So people are woefully behind on payment here. You know, ECW is going to be out of business in like another, what, six or seven weeks, something like that. Okay. Um, so they're, you know, guys just aren't showing up and they're like, you know, Hey, I hadn't been paid in this many weeks or months. I'm not coming. And the guys who really love it are still coming and they, they want to keep the faith and keep positive and, you know, Hey, I believe in this. Well, that created some opportunities for there to be new guys who maybe weren't up to ECW snuff gotcha. yeah, as far as a character presentation to be clear. I don't think that anyone's in-ring work isn't, is not good. That's on this show. These are all fine in-ring performers. I'm just saying sometimes Paulie didn't have enough time to really establish the character to the viewer. So you just see like, Hey, who's this fat stripper with thigh highs on? I don't fucking like him, which in theory is the reason he wore the shit to get heat. That's a good thing. But I didn't know enough about the character to hate him for his character. I just didn't like him. Cause fuck, I don't know him. Right. And so I, as a, as an ECW hardcore took this sense of like loyalty and pride and a sense of ownership of this is my promotion. I liked them before they were cool. You know, they're underground and you know, this is my thing and a, a great sense of pride in being an ECW fan. But then when there's these new guys that you don't know anything about that are just thrown in there and they're not presented as special, they're just sort of there without really any explanation. And it's because, Hey, we got to fill a card and I don't have a locker room full of paid performers right now. So I just got to sort of throw some guys in there. And I feel like Julio De Niro, he's probably a fine wrestler. I don't know shit about him. Right. So that's why I'm like, I'm not into this. You got to yep. make me care. Cause I mean, the thing is like, I can just sit down and watch wrestling all I want, I guess, but I need to care or want to care. And I just fucking didn't. And the reason you care is because of great character development. Yes. You got it. I get it. I've always gotten it. By the way, uh, De Niro would, uh, he popped up and, um, world championship wrestling and the WWF as an enhancement guy a few times here, or there, and then wound up being a part of, uh, Ravens group for TNA in the early days of TNA. But outside of that, mostly indie stuff here, or there, <laughs> Jesus Christ, throw a chair at him. Don't hit him with a chair. Fucking throw, throw a chair at him. Jesus. That is so dangerous. You know why it's dangerous? Because hell, it can bounce off and hit a fan. Oh, speaking of dangerous, can I tell you the best Christmas present I gave this year? <laughs> well, Christmas present and dangerous sounds like a story, but go ahead. I, uh, I've got this young guy in my office who's just obsessed with his girlfriend to the point where it's just, I mean, fucking shameful. Like how just whooped he is. Look at this shit. Look what they're fixing to do to Alexa or Electra. God. Little nipplage. I do believe. I've never seen a grown man get so excited about brown circles. <laughs> so give me, the, give me the story about this. Uh, wait a minute. Here's a cover. Here comes that <laughs> easy money and Chris Hamrick. Easy money. They're too worried about the girl to 
Whoa, that's pretty cool. Dude, Chris Hamrick and, and Nova mm-hmm. innovators of offense. Take a fucking chair shot. Oh, he took it wide open. Uh, Hamrick got his hands up. The other two, not so much. It, no, the other two took it straight on, man. Look at that chair too. It's fucking destroyed. Oh, so are heads. Oh, great friend of the show. Dan McDevitt. Uh, used to wrestle in ECW and you know, he's the Maryland championship wrestling promoter, but he told me a great story once when he was in ECW, the boss Mahoney gave him the stiffest, most brutal chair shot ever at a show. And he didn't go down. So they, they fucking did it again. And then in the back, they were just laying into him. God damn it. Why didn't you fucking go down? You know, you, you too good to sell for me, blah, blah, blah. He literally, as he stood there was unconscious, but he was so fucking concussed bell wrong, whatever they called it back then. He didn't know he was standing or in the ring or still there. It wasn't like, I'm not going down because I don't respect you or I don't want to be cooperative or I don't want to do good business. I don't know where I am or what's happening right now. Jesus. Can you imagine? Like you're in front of everyone, but they can see you, but you can't see them. Nobody's home. That's scary. That is scary for how much of a payday do you think? Oh, probably like 25 bucks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Jesus. There there's Rhino. I'm going to play the audio here. Never been to Detroit. A bunch of pussies, just like Dudleyville. Spike Dudley, you're the biggest pussy of them all. Oh, for the last nine months, you've made your presence known. You've interfered in my matches. Spike Dudley, what would happen? I'd put your head through a fucking table. I let you live, Spike Dudley. Why? Because I knew tonight would happen. I knew tonight would happen. I wanted tonight to happen. Why, Spike Dudley? Because tonight I might not have the compassion in my heart to let you survive, to let you live another day. But if I do let you live, you will look in that mirror and you will see your maimed body and you will realize who did it to you. You will understand why I did it to you. And you will never, ever, ever, ever forget the name of the ECW World Television Champion. Them dropping the F bombs and the P bombs and a promo really worked when I was a mm-hmm. youth. Oh yeah. I'm sure. I want to go to back to the story of this. Uh, what wrestler was it was standing there concussed. Our great close personal friend of the show, Dan McDevitt. He wrestled under the name corporal punishment. Okay. And, and Dan works in Maryland championship wrestling now. Yeah. He's been like every, Every time you and I have been to Jimmy famous seafood, he was there helping us run everything and you would oh. know him if you saw him. Okay. Well, Dan, I, I just wanted to warn Dan of something. When you run Maryland championship wrestling, watch out for Chris Cruz because he will report you to the athletic commission. He'll get you. Be very wary of that guy. He's so dangerous. Well, they don't, nobody does shit like that anymore. Look at this big Sal Graziano. That's Matt Coon. 
a lot of people don't know that, but that was Matt's first foray into wrestling. Ooh, Matt's gained weight since then. Yeah. And he, he picked up a uh, guitar since then. Right. I mean, it's just business. I don't think a lot of people know that Sally Graziano will go on to be Matt Coon. Once ECW closed, poor old Sal needed to figure out a new way to make a living. So he started teaching kids to lip sync in Mechanicsville, Virginia. And the rest of it is Virginia legend. And the good thing about Matt Coon is when he plays a guitar, he has a place to rest it. Sure. Right there. Right there. As Sal would say. And here comes Danny Doring. Also a listener to the show. Shout out to Danny. Oh, Amish roadkill. Not so much. I don't think they have podcasts in the Amish community yet. They might. Probably in the Amish community, they have someone in like a city. Transcribe a podcast, write it down on paper and pencil, and then bring it to them so they can read it by candlelight. What's that thing when Amish kids get to like leave the Amish community and go into the real world and they just like get drunk and fuck and watch TV and just go crazy for a little while and then have to decide, you know, stay or come back. What's that thing called? Um, butt fucking by moonlight. Oh, okay. That's, that's I wasn't sure. But they, they go on like leave or something. Rum yeah, Springer. Right. There you go. I knew that What's was a co- phrase for that. Rum Springer. Rum Springer? Yeah. Rum Springer? Is that what they did on? It's a rite of passage during adolescence. So in other words, you can go out at, you can go out and, and fuck as much as you want. Well, no, they don't say it like that, but it's just, you know, you, they have a, a much, um, they're just saying, Hey, you can do other stuff. Like you can wear different clothes and you can, you know, not be with a horse drawn buggy. You can get in a car, you can watch TV. And, but a lot of kids are like, well, Hey, I'm not, I'm not home anymore. Let's see what this booze is about. Oh my God. And cooter, you know, it's like, they just go nuts. Mm. That's the rumor in innuendo. I mean, fuck, I'm not Amish. Mm. Well, not that we know, but you got that big beard. I don't have a big beard. You, oh, you got a big beard. No, my, well, no, no. Okay. Okay. You got a big head and that makes the beard look big. By the way, speaking of big heads, are you going to have the big head when you come to uh, stand up live here in Huntsville on February 5th at supershowlive.com? I think our listeners by now know that AEW is coming to Huntsville and that means you and Jim Ross are going to be live on stage at stand up live right after the show and, uh, the VBC and stand up live are literally two red lights apart. So it should be a good time to go to the arena and then come on down and, and, and check you and Jr out. And I've already told, uh, the comedy club, we need pear, we need pear vodka and we need ginger beer. Right. We need some copper mugs and they're already, I think it's going to be Moscow mule city. It really is, uh, but I, I do need to say, and I, boy, I, I'm really excited about being in Huntsville. I'm very excited about being a stand-up live because, as you know, I've seen a number of shows there. Sure. Each one I've liked. It's a, it's a great club. It's well done. But, but. Here's a but. I don't think I'm going to be able to drink that night. Mm. 
Well, JR and I, the next day are flying to the UK. Yeah. See, so. and I, and I'm that night after it's the show's over, I'm driving to Atlanta right as soon as the show's over DDP yoga, uh, get a little workout in, and then I'm going to do my work, uh, for AEW dark the next day. Cause we work down on Thursday. So that's why I don't think I can drink, oh, but dude. I'm going to have a good time. You I'll should, have a, uh, you should make sure that we day. have the, uh, and I know you, you have them in Huntsville. Make sure we have my favorite drink. Mellow yellow zero. Yeah, we do. Ooh. I'll have and diamond we, bring them by. Yeah. And put a lime in it. Make sure. And people will think I'm drinking. There you go. But I look forward to it. Oh, so let's talk about Christmas again. I forgot about this. Oh, yeah. Merry Christmas. Everybody, by the way, I gave the best Christmas present ever to this young guy. In my mall. Oh yeah. Right. Got him some plan B. What? Some plan B plan B. Okay. Not knowing what plan B is. I'm, I'm go ahead. You're out, of loop. You're out of loop on this. Yeah. It's a form of birth control. Wait a minute. You gave a guy a form of birth control. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. let me guess. He's never had pussy in his life. No, no. He's, he's, he's doing it the most right now. That's what I'm saying. Oh, Okay. So I figure he's got free shots on goal now. Merry Christmas. Oh, I see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm fucking around, Tony. That's not a real gift. You, you, you got to get that prescribed. I'm just trying to make you laugh and you know, so okay. So, uh, I, but I, I did, I would did a Google plan B. Oh, don't do, you better clear your fucking browser history. You're going to be in trouble. Oh yeah. I guess I am. <laughs> you know, you got no reason to explain that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Conrad told me to Google it. That was, that's my explanation. And, and at the house, you know, she'll say, yeah, I get it. You fuckers. Hey, Maybe so since we're them. talking about Christmas presents do you, does one stick out to you? What was your favorite Christmas present you ever got? That I ever got. Yeah. It was, it was a uh, football game called, uh, pro bowl live action football. It was this thing where you would, it had this, um, this mat that you would, you had had a big room for it, a big mat that looked like a football field. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. This is from 1969. Yeah. And the, the, the running back, you would wind up the running back and you would the guys with the linebackers would be on wheels and you would tackle them. I've, I've, uh, I found a, uh, a version of it online a couple of years ago and I've got it now. I rebought it. My favorite gift of all time. My most memorable gift, man. That's cool. Yeah. And you know what? It, it's, it's in that 10 year period for me. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. It's 69, 79. That would be my 10 year period. Of course, sure would be. of course, for you, one of them, 69. <laughs> no, I'd say that. That checks out. No, I say that because the 1969 World Series is what I remember sports-wise most of all. My, my greatest year of sports was 1973. And there it was. Of course, 
You don't remember those years. I'm sure your father does. No, I don't remember it because I was negative eight. I was born in 81. <laughs> How can I remember 73? Yeah. Was your, was, uh, was Larry Thompson a big sports fan growing up? Oh, huge. Specifically football, big mm-hmm. Cowboys fan. Uh, wh- whoa. Really? Well, you got to remember in rural Alabama that we were three channel Jones. Right. So in rural Alabama, back in my dad's day, you know, there was only one team that was on TV every week and that was the Cowboys. And that's how they became America's team. Not because America was a bunch of sellouts for Emmett Smith and his shenanigans. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was because they were on TV all the time. So if dad wanted to watch football, when it came to, you know, the NFL, there was one team pretty consistently on in rural Alabama. Right. Wasn't the Falcons on, on a consistent basis in rural Alabama? No, really? Because I lived in rural Virginia and the Redskins were on all the time. You know, they were kind of like the team. Well, that's here's the thing too, that I mean, Go ahead. The Falcons fucking suck, dude. Oh boy. Oh boy. Are you right? And they've sucked forever. Oh boy. They even took sucking to a new level in the super bowl. Didn't they? And how about this? The Cowboys were around longer than the Falcons. So I'm just mm-hmm. imagining when I was a kid, you know, it'd be like, no, I like, listen, it'd be like I, if your favorite team was the Jaguars. You know, like they're an expansion team. No, they're not anymore. Uh, as, as well, the the Dallas Cowboys were an expansion team. The Falcons were an expansion team. Jaguars are my favorite team, by the way. I I knew that. (laughs) Well, who was your favorite Jaguar growing up? Uh, Mark Brunel. I love you for just having something ready for me. Just boom. <laughs> what about this motherfucker? Gonna trip me up. Matter of fact, I went to see the Jaguars and the fucking sucking Falcons uh, this past weekend. How was it? Holy shit! That's a big guy getting on that top rope there. Is it wrong that I, I still think of whenever I think of like most famous Jags, I think of Fred Taylor pretty much exclusively. No, <laughs> it's probably not. Probably not wrong. No, I'm not saying that to be dismissive. I'm just saying like, he's, uh, I mean, well, he got the, he's probably had the most press. Yeah. When, when you say, so yeah. And that's why. And as we've discovered here on the show, and I don't know if some of our listeners, you know, sort of bounce around, but as a reminder, you should let everybody know, cause we, <laughs> we, we talked about this recently, who helped broker the deal for the con family to purchase the Jacksonville Jaguars. Fred Taylor, Butch Reed. Come on, man. Oh, Jesus. Hashtag Butch Reed facts. We've just recently discovered old billionaire, Butch, one of the founders of Netflix. Hey, true story. Last week we're in catering AEW Mm -hmm. and there's a bunch of us sitting at the table. I don't know who said this. Someone said, this is true story. I'm glad you brought it up. Someone said, What's the deal with Butch Reed in your podcast? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and someone said, I don't know. I think, I think JR asked me, what's the deal with Butch Reed in your podcast? And someone said, without missing his truck, he's over in Florida. 
And so we had a discussion about Butch Reed and about, you know, how good a worker he was at one time during the day. And Jr. told us a story about, uh, you know, junkyard dog, you know, up in Levy mid South and brick house Brown and Jr. has got millions of stories, but I was, <laughs> what's the deal about Butch Reed and your podcast without losing, without a beat. Now he's over in Florida. God. So there you go. We keep Butch Reed alive. Dude, Butch Reed is the man. And yeah, I don't know that a lot of people know this, but Butch Reed was like the, uh, you know, the silent partner in ECW. <laughs> Seriously. We gotta, we gotta get, when, when's your next star cast? I don't know. I got to check in with Butch Reed. <laughs> Is it wait, we haven't talked about that. Butch Reed is the founder of Starcast, not me. I'm just the front man. Butch Reed's too busy with Netflix business, you know? Yeah. The next the next Starcast, you ought to have make have Butch Reed come and here's here's all he would do. Put him in a suit with a clipboard and a pencil in the back of his ear and just walk around. We should mention right now you can go to lowestrules.com and pick up not one but two butch reed shirts one of them has the blonde hair and the blonde mustache and across the headband that says hashtag butch reed facts uh, and the other has the shape of the state of florida and it says butch reed was over in insert shape also in honor of your son we've got a shivani ipa shirt which i'm sure mm-hmm. is going to be a big hit in your family yes except for the jobber uh, but the jobber, we can get him this shirt. You might be a dumbass if mm. we recently established that Dave Penzer, great close personal friend of the show, might be a Twitter dumbass. Mm, is a Twitter dumbass. Mm. So these guys are the tag team champions now, right? Did they win it? Yep. And uh, I think they still have these belts. Now. Well, Roadkill sold his, but Doring still has his. He won't come off it. I offered him money. He just won't let it go. Looks like we're getting ready to uh, see a Spike Dudley do a rhino impression, if I'm reading this right. So maybe it's worth a listen as well. What do you think? Yeah, I'll play. Here we go. I'm going to rip off your head and piss down your throat. I'm going to rip off your arm and I'm going to beat it over your head. Hey, rhino. Fuck you, man. Fuck you. Bam Bam Bigelow, I beat him. 911, I beat him. Curtis Hughes, I beat him. Bubba Ray, Devon Dudley, I beat them at the same time. You want to come after me? Break my leg? Put me out for nine months? And now you think you're going to let me live? Screw you, man. I'm going to let you live. I'm going to let you live as a former television champ. I'm taking that belt. I'm kicking your ass. I'm going to... Fuck you, motherfucker! Thank you, good son. Look at this moron. So what would you think of that uh, fuck you, mm. man, promo from, from Spike Dudley? Mm. It was okay. Hmm. I like the guy running the ropes with the towel, though. That's the uh, towel boy. Okay. That's loop, great. You in the loop on towel boy? Uh, no, I'm not. Why? Everything's a gimmick. 
If you, I mean, listen, if you talk, start typing that in, it'll be there. I think his name is Eric Tuttle. Oh, here's, here's a CW. By the way, um, Aaron Anderson, very gracious in talking about CW Anderson on our podcast. Really? That's good. I, well, Aaron's a, he ran into him one day and he was already doing the gimmick and he ran into him one day and said, Hey man, I hope you're not upset that I'm calling myself an Anderson. And he said something like he put his arm around him and said, son, I'm not really an Anderson either. Have fun. (laughs) (laughs) That is so Arn Anderson. (laughs) God almighty. That's a great story. Got all over me. It was like, (laughs) God damn, what a great line. (laughs) How's that podcast going? Great, man. Having a lot of fun. Got our first Chizek this month. So Mm, good, good, good. Yeah. Is he still, is he still sucking wind? Oh yeah. He can't help himself. Okay. He, he tries real hard, but you know, sometimes he gets too close and just a little, little extra. Looks a little extra money this way. I can take all those out. Motherfucker, you're stressed out trying to put together our podcast, even though I've told you stupid ass Matt Coon or lazy ass Jojo Feeney, whose cat has diarrhea would be glad to help us. Mm. Well, I'm just afraid too much shit will fall through the cracks like they did last week. (laughs) You did it last week. I know. Dad, I'm sorry. What's great is last week I had what I thought was a great line. Mm -hmm. I mean, it murders in in real life every time I do it. And I've been doing that line for at least 10 years. I know I've, I've heard it a lot and and it crushes every time, Mm -hmm. but I let it slip on the show and immediately text you like, Oh, wish I had that one back. That's some people are going to look at that wrong. And I just need to pull that one back in. And you're like, no problem. I'll clip it out because I got to clip out this word that I said too. And we left. Yep. And then the show dropped and my fucking Twitter blew up with, with my line. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh no. And yeah, there starts the discourse and it woke me up. Your call, your text, it woke me up and I immediately ran to the computer, (laughs) called the fucker up, did my little magic and reloaded the motherfuckers, went back to bed. We, we got to, uh, we got to get our shit together, Tony. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, speaking of getting their shit together man, I've got some really exciting news for you. Oh, uh, I love exciting news. My life since I've met you have been nothing but exciting news. One after the other. Well, I got a few things here for you. Okay. Do they involve money? No. Okay. Well, good. That's fine. Food. Kinda. Pussy. Yes. Ah, now we're talking. Great close personal friend of the show. Whitney Wright. Okay. We're on the right line here. Okay. She's one, uh, been nominated for a bunch. And I mean, a bunch of awards. I, it does not surprise me. Like girl, girl scene of the year and stuff like that. But how about performer of the year? Oh, Congratulations for being nominated, Whitney. Dude, that's this is like it's like the Academy Awards of of adult stuff. Right. This is like winning the Wrestling Observer 
you know, wrestler of the year. Right. The press release says the rising superstar is nominated for best female performer, best actress for her role in sweet sinners. What we do for money and best girl, girl action, uh, scene for sweetheart videos, girls of wrestling. Right. Is also an honored nominee for the special recognition award for her writing and directing work this year, including pure taboos, lesbian revenge, and from afar, as well as miss X titles, obeying instinct. And I don't know how to say that. Either way, four nominations, count them one, two, three, four. And, uh, we're proud of her, man. She's putting in good work out there. Are you going to go to the award ceremony? No, I'm not allowed. Yeah. It wouldn't be a good place to show up. In fact, anytime she does something, uh, like when she got nominated, mm-hmm. I was like, Hey Megan, check this out. Whitney got nominated for these awards. And she's like, who? I was like, Whitney, you know, here, I sent the video in for Tony's birthday. Mm-hmm. And she's like, who? I show her the picture and she's like, Oh, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get uh, it. Well, congratulations, Whitney. Oh, and the rumor and innuendo, and this could be way off base. All here, right. Here's what I'm most excited to tell you. Yeah. Okay. Cause you know, she's a huge Tony Giovanni fan. As a matter of fact, we need to get that video posted to social this week. So Silva Hancock, if you're listening, let's get that fired up this week. Do they listen? Yeah. Okay. Sent a very sweet birthday message to you. Yes, she did. Starcast. It was great. Anyway, the rumor and innuendo. Mm-hmm. She's single now. Whoop! And not only that, she's a big Tony Schiavone fan. Okay. And by the way, I should admit, this is just random. You know, I've got to make one cross country flight by the end of the year to uh, get to Diamond Status on Delta this year. So I could technically jump on a plane between now and the end of the year to LA. If you want to just ride out there, and sit a spell and come back. Um, uh, well, that's intriguing, but, uh, I got a lot of shit going on, you know? No, I'm only suggesting we stay for a night. I'll be your DD or whatever. And you can cut loose. I'll take you to Dan Tannis. Gets you a little Italian food. We could go well, see, if, uh, if I'm going to go out to California, I'm going to go out and see my friends out there, like Matt and Nick and Excalibur. Well, you see them every week. Why wouldn't you see Brandon. Ron Funches? Congratulate <laughs> him on his engagement. Great, close and, personal friend of the show. Got a great girlfriend that yes, I've met got her. To know, and we could go out there and take them to dinner and see some comedy mm-hmm. and. And you know, to see what sort of shenanigans you could get into. <laughs> we could make a date of it. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> How's that diamond status? I don't know. I've never had it, dude. Yeah. I've I'm, never uh, had it. This is my first time, you know, but when I've had this many Delta flights in the same year. Right. I'm, uh, right now, as we speak, I'm at gold status. I've, I was gold forever in these last two years. Thanks to the live shows. I got to platinum, but I'm only 768 MQMs away from diamond. And I don't even really know what that means, but, uh, other friend of the show, Corey Ryan Forrester's like, oh, you got to get that dude. 
like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you've just been booking and paying for first class. If you just get a comedy comfort, they're going to bump you up right away. Cause of your status. I'm like, wait a minute. Now that's a big difference. Fair wise. He's like, yeah. So I started running the numbers and I'm like, oh shit, this could be like a tens of thousands of dollar swing here. I got to make this happen. So at some All point, right. at least for a day, I'm taking one, it didn't have to be cross country. I was just saying that for Whitney purposes. Okay. I'll oh. scoot up to New York and back or something and make it happen. Okay. So as you know, I'm trying to steer this conversation to any direction that would not get me in trouble. Uh, what I, I'm 17,000 miles away from gold. First of all, I'm glad that Corey Ryan Forrester told you that because I'm glad he's worth something. Yeah. Cause he is, uh, as you know, useless, <laughs> useless. S- my question is, so I'm 17,000 miles away and I can purchase 18,000 miles before the end of the year and get platinum status, which will cost about $600. Is it worth spending that money to go from gold to platinum or am I just wasting money? No, I think it's worth it. Really? Cause if you got upgraded on two flights over the course of the year, mm-hmm. you'd be good to go. Is it in your contract that you fly first anyway? No, it's not. Then you I, should- pay, I, I pay for first. Don't do that. Really? Spend your 600 bucks. I, I mean, it, it, it's it, every flight that I'm on when we have, uh, you know, members of our staff or crew get on the flight and I'm sitting up front, they'll all say, Oh, first class, huh? And they don't know I'm, I'm paying for it. So, so we, well, we got some, uh, we got some juice here. Tommy dreamer. This is the best match on the show. We're talking right over it. Cause I'm thinking about your little Peter meat and, and, and Whitney Wright. <laughs> I, I was thinking about my frequent flyer miles. Well, I was trying to get you involved with Whitney, Wright. She's single. She's nominated for performer of the year. And he's a big fan of yours. And she's a very talented lady. Oh, that's, I'm not gonna argue with. Ooh-hoo-hoo. Let's talk about something else. Oh, congratulations okay. on your near immediate sellout of the next AEW pay-per-view yet another one in Chicago, this one going down in February, uh, right after, uh, or it's the same weekend as C2E2 and a uh, great close personal friend of the show. Gabe Yoakum is the guy, sort of the unsung hero who helped put that t- deal together. He was actually trying to do that deal in 2018 for 2019, but I think the EVPs thought, well, it's too close to all in. Just did Chicago. Don't need to go right back to Chicago, but a year later it made sense. And I know it's, uh, uh of all the live shows you and I have done, you enjoyed the one at CTV two the most. Yes, I did. Because as you know, I'm a big mark for comic books and superheroes. And I, um, I went to C2E2 last year, Eric Bischoff and I, uh, signed autographs next to the young bucks. And this was before I even knew the young bucks and, and knew Dana and, and I, uh, I walked around C2E2 and all the money that I, that I made, I spent, got to meet some of the cartoonists, uh, famous cartoonists of Batman loved it. So I, I'm, and this is going to be the first show by AW within the city limits of Chicago. And I can't wait to be there. Yeah, it's a cool arena, wind trust arena. It's a very cool building where C2E2 is McCormick place and, um, stay tuned. 
there will be a live show there. Most likely two live shows. One of which will be Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross. And I'm trying to put that together to where we'll be able to do the show the night before the pay-per-view, like after you guys production meeting, mm-hmm. come make everybody okay. laugh, stay up late with us and, and then get in the mode for the next day. And the next day I'm trying to work out a little matinee show, uh, with, uh, another one of my co-hosts. So. Oh. Very cool. Should be a full wrestling weekend. Lots of meet and greets and lots of fun live shows. And it'll be, it'll be a fun time. Every time I've been to Chicago for wrestling, I've been working. So it'd be cool to go and not have to. Right. So is, uh, is Gabe go get me, uh, get us a table on the floor. Did you not hear everything I just said? <laughs> yeah. Well, I heard that uh, we were, yes. Okay, good. Gabe, you the man, buddy. You the man. And I'm so glad. Well, look at Tommy's bleeding his ass off here. Hey, did I tell you about the attempted robbery? Have we talked about this at all? Mm, no. Yeah. Bunch was of there, fucking was dudes, there a bunch of fucking there, dudes in mass, dude. Where, where, where? Here at the Conradison. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm are, you be, are you being serious now? Why would I make that up? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Why do you make up a lot of this shit on the air? Go ahead. What if I made up? <clears throat> Just some things about me wanting to go to LA and see what, but anyway, no, well, I what's say the, you made that? Uh, no, no, no. I was offering to go with you. Look at this okay. guy. Is this the towel boy? Yes. Okay. Eric Tuttle. Eric Tuttle. I have relatives who are named Tuttle. Tommy. Fuck. Way to give it to him, Tommy. Tornado DDC. Yes, sir. One, two. Oh, and he kicked out. There you go. All right. So please tell me about this robbery because I hope, I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it. But go ahead. Tell me about it, first of all. No, no. Go ahead. What do you hate to say? If they came into your house, with mask on, I hope you, I hope they, somebody killed them. Mm. Well, that escalated quickly. Mm-hmm. Now there was a bunch of dudes in masks and I mean, they just tried to like take over and luckily the only violence is when they were trying to punch me, but they missed by several feet. And I realized this must be the dark order. They're not here to hurt me. They're here to recruit me. And then I realized, ah, it's just no holds barred Christmas. It was Matt Coon, Michael Dawkins, okay. Rotten Crotch, Hancock. But no, you got to appreciate a bunch of fat dudes in masks come in start throwing terrible working punches that miss me. I assume it's the dark order. I didn't realize that it was actually just my friends playing a rib. Like this whole story is. Yeah. Come on, dude. If I can't fuck with you about the creepers, <laughs> what can I fuck with you about? No. I, I thought for a minute that really you, that somebody broke into your house. And that's why I said, kill them. By the way, I'm just being a bandwagon <clears throat> dude, because me and you have talked about this before. Mm-hmm. I think those two guys, I'm talking about the wrestlers on dark order, mm-hmm. uh, Uno and Grayson, they're getting a bad rap on this whole deal. What, why are people being shitheads online for real? I'm just fucking with you just cause you're my friend. <clears throat> Yeah, but I don't understand why people are so down on it. Well, people are shitheads online because people online are shitheads. Like their matches are good. 
it's a different gimmick. The recruitment videos they've been doing, even though they think Louis Benson and Conrad Thompson are the same person, were fucking definitely different people. I'm funny and entertaining. He's annoying. So mm. we're way different. Mm. No comment on that. Yeah. Uh, you, you are there. Listen, um, there is nobody in the world like weird Louie. <laughs> no, Louie's another level weird. Oh, there's no, the sweet guy. You know, well, I'm not shitting on Louie. Louie's my friend. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's oh, weird. I love Louie. Louie's talented guy. And not only that, now that we're talking about him right now, he's probably replaying it and replaying it and jacking off to it. Well, that we're talking about all of him. these terrible impressions you hear at the beginning of the show that I don't even know are there. And people yeah. ask me about when I'm in public and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? We don't have impressions on our show unless mm-hmm. it's me doing diamond or Tommy rich is old carburetor. And they're like, no, at the beginning of the show, promotional consideration. I'm like, what the fuck are you saying right now? And then I listen to one and I'm like, God damn, this is Louie doing the world's worst impression right here. What the fuck is Tony Schiavone doing in our show? So anyway, if you hate all of that, you hate Louie just as much as I do. Louie doesn't do all of them. Uh, just for the he's, purposes of our story, Tony. Okay. He does he did, all. He's, okay. He's been doing most of them lately. Okay. Uh, when, when someone put on Twitter, that's the worst Sean Connery I've ever heard. I'm thinking Louie. Of course. So anyway, uh, back to that. Uh, everybody thought that it was you on the dark order video and yeah. Well, so like, oh, it's a fat dude with a beard. Must be Conrad. No, it's not. Anyway, Matt Coon and Michael Dawkins and Jeff Jewett and all those guys did not hurt me. Well, I'm sure they did. When they broke in in their masks and threw their working punches. First of all, Jeff Jewett was probably drunk. Accurate. Uh Uh-huh. Matt Coon has got too big of a belly to be able to throw a roundhouse punch. Accurate. And who else was involved in that? Hancock. Well, he's a fucking idiot. Yep. Okay. Uh, Eric rotten crotch, who, by the way, is down more than 40 pounds. Shout out really? to, uh, Eric. Yeah. I guess how he's doing it. DDP yoga. Nope. That's what he's telling everybody. Okay. It's really fucking Pokemon. Uh, uh, of, of that group you just talked about, rotten crotch is probably the coolest one of them. No, rotten crotch is a salesman. He's fun. But the Michael yeah. Dawkins is really the coolest of the bunch. Cause my, oh yeah, I forgot Michael Dawkins. Cause Michael Dawkins will fuck around and sue you and right. WWE and get everybody fired up at the same time. Mm-hmm. Even though, see, that's the thing. People think that I've got like massive heat with WWE. No, no, no. My attorney does. And I feel a little bad because I have low key put on so many of the boys on Michael Dawkins now. And now WWE is on a fucking trademark spree. Like if we say something funny on this show four times, WWE is going to try to fucking trademark it. It would not surprise me if they own butch Reed facts by the time this shit airs. Mm. Cause that's where they are now with Dawkins. They're like, oh, this motherfucker Google this. We got to get it for he does. Boy, that, that is a legal team in a major corporation that doesn't have fuck all to do is what that is. Oh, you mean Michael Dawkins company? I no, no. The WWE. Why do you hate WWE so much? Because they fired Eric Bischoff. Eric don't even hate him that much. Yeah. Well, he probably does. He's just not saying it like I am. 
By the way, I, I, when that happened, I was so fucking pissed. God, I was pissed. Probably pissed more than he was. I think he was shocked. Well, he shouldn't have. Uh, there's an Arn Anderson. Well, he shouldn't have been. Look at this. They got the, they got one of the legs of the table up. Yeah, they're going to try to stick it up fuck? his ass. Jesus Christ. All right, somebody's got to get pinned here. Nope. Yep. Yeah, that was it. I mean, they've done up banging with tables and shit and outside. It, somebody's finally got to take it. By the way, that match only got two and three-quarter stars, the same as Danny Doring and Roadkill over the FBI. I'm going to say nay, nay. I like CW. This CW Anderson-Tommy Dreamer match stands out to me above all else on this show. Well, you got two guys who can work and two guys who characters you're probably invested in. Like we talked about earlier, dreamer and CW Anderson. Can I tell you about what an asshole my dad is? I don't know if I want to get caught in this conversation, but go ahead. So my mom got my dad for his birthday, a new wedding ring. Now let's process that. My parents have been married 40 fucking years. My dad has worn the same ring every day of his life for 40 fucking years. Mm-hmm. My mom got him a new one because I had, had some bling on it, had some diamonds or some shit on it. There you go. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, first of all, dudes don't wear diamonds. Are you a rapper? Are you Tony <laughs> Schiavone? Oh, okay. Don't do that. Well, fast forward and his finger starts to swell up. I guess it was too tight or something. So his finger swelled up so bad. He had to go to the jeweler and they had to cut the fucking thing off. Like they cut a ring off his finger, Tony, like jaws of Ooh. life. But I was thinking maybe cut the finger off. I didn't know what we were talking about. No, here. They cut the ring off. So then he comes back to the office and he's got this fucking jumbo Frank finger. And I'm like, dad, what the hell's going on with your finger? He's like, oh, your mom's ring. She got me. It was too tight and finger swelled up. I had to go to the damn jeweler, get it cut off. I'm like, are you serious Clark? And he's like, yeah, look at this. And so then he holds his hand up and it is this cartoon level finger. And so I'm trying to be funny because we're doing this in an office where I've got like a room full of guys at the time. You can just say it's an office where I'm in. Yeah, it's an office I'm in. You've been in my office. There's a bunch yes. of dudes in there. Right. And I know you, you're you always entertaining. So anyway, I said, dude, what have you been doing to my mama with that finger? <laughs> I thought that was a good line. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Make dad yeah. uncomfortable. Dad's going to be, oh, shut the fuck up and stomp out. That's what I'm expecting. Instead, dad gets this giant shit eating grin. I mean, the biggest I've seen on my dad in 20 years holds up the big swollen finger and said, I didn't do nothing to her with this finger. And the entire office was like that gif where, where all those black dudes are running around going, Oh, <laughs> cause I'm like, I can't come back from that. Dad has just checkmated me right now. 
I was trying to goat him into being uncomfortable and he just fucking dunked on my ass and broke the backboard in the process. So there you go. Tremendous. The unfortunate part of that story is that the term, what are your, what are you doing to my mom with that finger is probably going to be trademarked by the WWE. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? We got to get a shirt up before that happens. (laughs) Have you seen much of Rhino stuff? Um, no. Well, I've seen a couple of, we've had him on this show before with our, wasn't he also on the, that, that, that really shitty WWE ECW pay-per-view? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I remember him from. Oh boy. With Spike Dudley here is going to be a lot of thrown Spike Dudley around, isn't there? Yep. What is Spike doing now? Is he still with us? He's a financial uh, advisor or an investment advisor. Wow. <laughs> this. There you go. Huh. I feel like if Cassio were a wrestler, he would try to be Rhino. Really? Yeah. He would be a very fat Rhino. Speaking of Cassio being fat, did you see his, uh, pictures online from, uh, no holds barred Christmas where he wore the Santa suit? No. Apparently Walmart sold jumpsuits this year that were like red velvet with like white trim. And on the back, that was like a sequin Santa Claus. So he wore that with some, with some red and white Jordans to one of our outings. And it was quite the look. Can I tell you about my, my online experience as it stands right now? Sure. When I, uh, go to a computer, Mm -hmm. I check my email and I edit the show Mm -hmm. and I will scan a few things. I'll do some, uh, I'll write dark or I'll do my expenses. And that's fucking it. I don't Google shit. I don't know what's going on out there at all. Well, let me have you open up Google. Why the big exhale? I don't know. You're going to go to, am I going to go to a site that, that I don't like? It's called google.com motherfucker. Okay. Go ahead. I'm, I'm here. Google.com. All right. Next to the little, the little query box, a query cl- box, click okay. on it and type in butch read. And then it'll get, it's going to give you some suggestions, butch read. Just read me what your suggestions say is butch read American professional wrestler, butch read Netflix founder, butch read doom, butch read Florida, butch read Ron Simmons, butch read. Now mine is butch read facts, butch read Netflix founder, butch read 2019. Butch Reed and Ron Simmons, Butch Reed Doom, Butch Reed Florida. Yeah. Look what we did. I know. That's what we did. Excited about that? I am. And when I click on Butch Reed Netflix founder, Reddit says, on the latest episode of What Happened When, (laughs) dot, dot, dot. Wait, really? Yep. Oh, they're talking about it on Reddit? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. I've never been on Reddit. 
So I wouldn't know what's going on. This there. is awesome. Cause they, they're, they're getting it. They understand that butch Reed was the co-founder of Netflix. He created NXT. He got kicked off NWA commentary for a controversial joke. He came up with the idea for the NWO invasion. He's a snake whisperer in Florida. He's responsible for Johnny Gargano. They don't call it the bat signal. They call it the butch signal. <laughs> this is my favorite one. Butch Reed is so over that if you type in Google, butch Reed was over in Flory. It gives you the DA. <laughs> this is the best. He invented the Frankensteiner and he cooks the best Turkey. God damn. We do some good shit on this show. I needed to read that to really understand it. Oh, well, I hope, uh, I hope Dawkins listens to this show and, uh, you got him on retainer. Obviously you do. Yeah, but I just pay him in hookers and blow. Okay. Well, whatever, whatever it takes. I hope all the stuff that we have on this show that he quickly beats the WWE to the punch. Did you see that his dumb ass took his kids to Vegas for Christmas? That does not surprise me because how does that I've even been, happen? I've been to a casino with Mike Dawkins. Yeah. He's in his element at a casino. You know what? What's drinking and gambling? Oh, he's in his element. He taught me some things about a few, uh, table games. He knows what he's doing. So I doesn't surprise me that dad who obviously has millions of dollars, oh, millions sure. of dollars. God damn. He's billed me. For, I mean, I could yeah. have bought a new Escalade this year with what I spent with his right. ass. Exactly. And poor so, Cody. Cody's probably got a goddamn refile right now. He's trademarked so much shit with Dawkins. Boy, Dawkins getting to know you was a bonus for his life, wasn't it? God, I mean, seriously. I, I, I better have some stocking stuffers. And can I say this about Mike Dawkins? Yeah. He's making so much money and he's so famous. What the fuck is this Toledo, Ohio shit? Well, you know, do you know that? How much house you can get in Toledo, Ohio? Uh, uh, would it fucking matter? It's in Toledo, Ohio. No, I get that. But that way, you know, he can keep his family normal. Oh my God. Look at Spike Dudley climbing the rafters here. <laughs> well, his weight, it's not going to hurt. Neither him nor his opponent. I wonder if girls ever said that about you when they saw your dong, they're like, ah, oh, that weight, that's not going to hurt. That's exactly right. Girls. That's exactly right. I'm not going to hurt you. Little known fact. Um, Butch Reed. All right. I said that was the, uh, investor for ECW. You got to wonder what kind of falling out he had with, um, with Polly where the check stopped clearing here. Right. Cause I know if Butch Reed had his way, everybody would have gotten paid. Oh, for sure. Everybody knows. Right. I don't even know that you may not even know this, but Butch Reed created the chamber of commerce and the better business bureau, right? That like the BBB mm -hmm. was actually originally the BRB. And when B right back started to get over, he just changed it because it was originally the Butch Reed Bureau. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then, you know, when, when the internet gained some popularity, people started to type shorthand and they would say BRB, like, you know, be right back. But that's not what he knew it as. He knew it as the Butch Reed Bureau or, you know what? Maybe we should have a shirt right now over at loisrules.com that says Butch Reed, bitch. That's the real BRB. Hmm. Maybe we could do that as part of our gimmick here on the show. 
whenever Mike Jones is on the show, we always scream a word. Whenever we say Mike Jones, somebody else says. What? Who? Who? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. God damn. When old people Google. Okay. Hey, is it true that, that Butch Reed started Airbnb? What, what does that stand for? You don't know what Airbnb is? Well, I just didn't know if you had a new definition of the B and B. Okay. Oh yeah. Butch and butch. Butch and butch. Mm-hmm. Oh, butch and breakfast. Butch and breakfast. That's what That's girls what were is. getting all over Florida in the eighties. Mm-hmm. He'd hit them with that butch in the evening, hit them with that breakfast in the morning and send them on their way. Yep. I checks out. I just Googled it. Butchery created Airbnb. There you go. He also started the car company McLaren. Wow. Now that's pretty big. That is big, you know, cause everybody knows that butch Reed was fast mm-hmm. and, um, you know, speed he's built for speed. You can just tell from looking at him. Uh, he was a friend of the wall family too. Wasn't he? Of course. Had a lot to do with Walmart. And I think he's got a mansion up in Fayetteville, Arkansas, right now. The wall family. You mean the Waltons? <laughs> <laughs> The wall family. Oh my God. I don't know. I'm not on the internet. <laughs> That's a great shirt. I don't know. I'm not on the internet. <laughs> my God. <sighs> yes. The Bud Walton arena. I got it. I was thinking of Tom wall. You don't even know Tom wall. Did you? I thought you meant wall like the nose hair trimmers like W a H L. Yes. Yes. He was part of that as well. Yeah. Athletic, what are, what are we fucking tape, watching here? <laughs> athletic tape being tied around the boot of Rhino and the bottom rope here by Spike Dudley. Okay. I don't know that this is going to work. If he's some monster, this athletic tape's not going to hold him. <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. What is athletic tape going to do? Get gapper's tape and double and triple it. That'll do it. Gapper's tape will do anything. Attacking the leg. He broke free right away, but now he's going to yeah. keep the leg there and pretend. <laughs> the minute he moved, it was free. You know, whenever we think about ECW, it always comes up. Man, look at him just manhandling him here. It always comes up the uh, financial struggles and that some of the guys weren't getting paid. Oh, man, he's really cranking that thing in. Yeah, man. One. Fans, fans hate this. They don't want you be, They don't want you to wrestle on the mat. That's it. Choked him out, son. That match gets two and three quarter stars. By the way, uh, there's about to be some more shit go down. Mm. Did he just puke? He puked. Did you see that? He covered it up with his hand, but he puked. There's a thing. See, I think Spike threw up. I see it on. Yeah, they even said on commentary, I think Spike yeah. threw up. He did. And he wearing him and out he, with chairs, dude. Knowing that he puked, he covered it up with his hands so nobody will see it, but I guess somebody's got to clear it out eventually. Ta- towel boy, Eric Tuttle. There it is. Look at that. Ugh. He's probably uh, puked because he had a concussion. Mm, that's probably right. Check it out. We're not done. Time for another table spot. 
Good God, the kid has puked. He's had a concussion. He's been nailed with a chair. He might really be out here. He's not, Tony. He's not? No. <laughs> You ready for this? Comes the referee. Oh. Well, they put Rhino over like a monster. Up next here in the show, uh, Francine's going to give Carino a blowjob. Oh my God. I can't wait. That's real. This is the recap from the observer. They're clearly teasing a Carino Jack victory program for down the line with Carino joking that the reason victory bleaches his hair is because it's all gray. Francine came in to give Carino a blow job, but he apparently had just gotten one. So he asked her to service victory, but it was a setup as credible Kane Carino and Francine bit victory. Can you believe that this is a real segment bit victory? Yeah. B I T. You mean like, she's really going to go like down on him in this segment here. We're, we're going to see his penis go into her mouth and she's going to nibble on it for the business. Well, I can't wait. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> I love hey, you. By, and by the way, Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Look at this, these table spots, dude. Mm. Yeah. Spike Dudley took quite a fucking beating here. I mean, as, nobody, as no, we, no, nobody did as much. That's Spike Dudley. Yeah. How he's still a functioning human is beyond me. Here we go. I'm going to play the audio here. All right. I can tell you how pumped up I am. I can tell, man. I can tell. Who is it? Gotta be the best man. It's gotta be the best. Steve, where's your belt? Better. Baby. I never leave home without it right here, huh? You know what? I just wanted to come over here because I thought you might need a little warm up before the pay per view. Well, I would, but I just kind of, you know, took care of myself. But, um. What? Yeah, you know. Hey. What about me? What about me? Hi, Spot. But it's perfect. Go get yourself over. You have the belt sometimes. You hold it. I hold the belt. <laughs> get yourself over. Don't stop until you're done. God, I'm such a worthy champion. I, you know what? An hour. I'm getting my smoke too. Jacko! Go away, Stevie! No, 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 no! Come on, let me in! Oh, oh God! There you go. You heard Jack victory screaming because apparently Francine bit the no-no. Mm. Little no-no biting. Little no-no biting. You into that at all? Uh, no. <laughs> no, not near the tip, near the base. <laughs> no. Oh, dude, you got to try that. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, no. Yeah. <clears throat> no. Dude, don't knock it till you try. When have I given you bad advice here on the show? No, you've never given me bad advice. All your advice sometimes is crazy. It fucking sounds always comes around to be good. Um, well, with that in mind, let's go to 
some bad advice that you don't like. If you fire up your email, you'll oh, see what God, what uh, I, I, uh, I thought since we're watching an ECW show, perhaps uh-huh. we should, uh, we should pay homage to them. So this week we're going to be doing ODB's got your money by request. One of our listeners said, Hey, what about this song? And I thought, you know what? We do have a, uh, an ECW show coming up. Could do that here on the show. So Tony, if you've got your lyrics over there, mm, I do, you know, I, I'll, I'll bump that instrumental. We'll drop that funky beat and you can do a little ODB got your money. You ready? Wait a minute. ODB got your money. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. Not ODB the wrestler, but old dirty bastard. Old dirty bastard. Got it. Which okay. really, that's kind of what you are. <laughs> and it, maybe, maybe now that I'm thinking about it, maybe this isn't a song about ECW. Maybe it's a song about Tony Schiavone singing to Tony Khan. Cause you are the old dirty bastard who got his money. And that's really, as we've established here on the show, every time you get behind the mic, on Wednesday, you're stealing money from a friend of mine. No, I'm not. That's right. I'm do- JR. <laughs> I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing great fucking work. Well, compared to what? <laughs> I mean, not compared to Corey Graves, everybody listening to this knows you'll never be half the commentator. Corey Graves is. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that didn't go the way I was hoping. I was hoping you get fired <laughs> up. You're like, fine. Fuck it. Whatever. Corey's better. I don't care. <laughs> Is Shivani to even the Corey debate? Listen, are you ready? ODB? I'm, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Here's your funky beat. Oh, baby. I dedicate this to all the pretty girls, all the pretty girls. It's on all the pretty girls in the world and the ugly girls, too, because to me, you're pretty anyways, baby. You give me your number, I call you up. You act like your pussy don't interrupt. I don't have no problem with you fucking me, but I have a little problem with you not fucking me. Baby, you know I'm going to take care of you because you say you got my baby, and I know it ain't true. Is it a good thing? No, it's a bad bitch. For good or for worse, make you switch. So I walk over with my CZ bitches. Marks, put away your pistols. Tony won't be having it in this house because, bitch, I'll cripple your style. Now that you heard my calm voice, you couldn't get another announcer. Coochie won't get moist. If you want to look good and not be bummy, well, you better give me that money. Hey, Tony, baby, I got your money. Don't you worry. I say, hey, baby, I got your money. Hey, Tony, baby, I got your money. Don't you worry. I said, hey, baby, I got your money. Yo. So I glanced at the girls. Girls glanced at me. I whispered in the ear. You want to look pretty, though, in my video. Old Tony on the hat. and I'll let you all know. Just dance. You caught up in the Harley race trance. If you stop, I'm going to put the killer ants in your pants. I'm the NAS, as you can see. Every eye, don't you be watching me. I don't want no problems. I put you down in the ground where you cannot be found. I'm just Shivani trying to make uh, some bunny. So give me my steaks, streaks, and give me my honey. Radio, yes, all day, every day. Recognize I'm a fool and you love me. None of you better look at me funny. You know my name. Now give me my money. Hey, Tony, 
baby, I got your money. Don't you worry. I said, hey, baby, I got your money. Hey, Tony, baby, I got your money. Don't you worry. I said, hey, baby, I got your money. Sing it, girls. Sing it, girls. Just shake it right now. If Tony wants his money, I think y'all should give him his money. That's how I like girls. Sexy, sexy, sexy. Sexy, sexy, sexy. Sexy, sexy, sexy. Sexy, sexy, sexy. Yo, yo. Mark's playing in the club like this all night. Bitches, put your ass out and let me hold it tight. Looking at my wrist, saying it's so nice. The price, bitch, is cubic zircona, shiny disco-like. You better help me solve this problem, or I'm going to get this money and rob them. Lucky dig when I won the lotto. Ran up on my car for carrying kilos. And you call me, you can call me Tony and then lift up your skirt. And if you want some of this Tony, God made Tony and Tony bust your ass. Stop annoying me. Yeah, I play music loud. It takes the bastard, dirty old Tony to move the crowd. They say he had dick in his mouth. Ric Flair told me back in the house. Give me my What's Ric Flair told me back in the house, but give me my money. Hey, Tony, baby, I got your money. Don't you worry. I say, hey, baby, I got your money. Hey, Tony, baby, I got your money. Don't you worry. I said, hey, baby, I got your money. Where are you at? That's kind of like, uh, that's kind of like the closest <laughs> lyrics to me that we've had. <laughs> Well, right now, you're all about that paper. That kind of says it all. Doesn't. In the original version, it's God made dirt and dirt bust your ass. You know, the old God made dirt, so dirt don't hurt. Right. His version is God made dirt, but dirt bust your ass. Got it. But in yours, God made Tony and Tony bust your ass. So there you go. And in the ring right now, we've got Mikey Whipwreck and Yoshihiro Tajiri taking on Super Crazy and Kid Cash. Uh, Melzer would say, not sure what the logic was in advertising a mystery partner when the guy was just a, re- a company regular and on paper announcing him would have made people think it would be a better match anyway. Hmm. Going to be some interesting spots here in this one. You know, Super Crazy and uh, Tajiri had well established this set themselves as really star performers and standouts in ECW going back at least a year and a half, maybe even two years at this point. Of course, Mikey Whipwreck and ECW original. He's been, yeah, you could, you could tell the way the fans are reacting that these are stars, ECW. Yeah. Stars, originals. Right. And kid cash is the new guy, but man, people are really, really high on him. People think kid cash is going to be a big deal. By the way, still to come, our main event, Steve Carino, Justin Credible, and Jerry Lynn. That should be a fun match. Plenty of time, too. This one is going to get uh, nine minutes. No, I'm sorry. 18 minutes and 24 seconds here. Yikes. Yeah, our main event is going to get 22 minutes, so plenty of time for these two matches here. Mm. Well, listen, Tony, I appreciate you being a good sport this year. We, we created... Uh, old dirty bastard, uh, Tony reads rap this year. We sure did. And, uh, believe it or not, that's our last one this year. <sighs> uh, so what is, uh, every time I say this, it, it blows me away, but what is the year 2020 have in store for us? Can you believe it's 2020? 
That's like some futuristic fucking out of space number. 2020 is. I need you to say, welcome to 2020. Welcome to 2020. I'm Baba Wawa. <laughs> That's a pretty good spot using the ref. <laughs> so here in 2020, or here at the end of 2019, how do you like the Mandalorian so far? The good one? shit, huh? No, listen, I, I put it on my list, but <clears throat> nobody got it for me. I mean, I've always thought it would be cool to have a flux capacitor or whatever. You just not into sci-fi. Who? What? What? Where does he work? Is he a part of uh, GCW? No. Oh, I should mention. I think maybe we've talked about this. Did I put over how great the GCW show in Nashville was? You may have, but being the dirty old bastard, I unless you talked about women, I forgot. Well, let me just say, Fuck, if you look at that this, move. If you enjoyed this whole ECW shit we're watching. Oh, that's I like show, that right there. Go to a GCW show. Very entertaining. Going to get your money's worth. A lot of young guys working real, real hard. Sense of community. Still cool to see Joey Janela and Orange Cassidy and Marco stunt there, but uh, you've got a lot of other really great stars. Nick Gage has off the charts charisma. It's my first time seeing Chris Dickinson, who I think is going to be a big deal one day. I think if uh, Bruce Pritchard ever sees him, he'll, he'll love him. And uh, of course, Mance Warner was there and <clears throat> he had a, a WCW rules match where they recreated like a ton of star cast and notable or starcade rather. And WCW finishes in a row. They even had a uh, sting come out. I mean, it was, it was something else. Where are you at on Effie? F him. Oh, you don't like you don't like. I know. I don't know what you talk. Who's Effie? <laughs> uh, Effie is um, a flamboyant character in GCW, and uh, he wears like fishnets to the ring, and comes out to an Elton John song. And I mean, the 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 crowd's really in Effie. He's got a great character. Well, he, he whips Mancer into the ropes, and of course, Mance hits the ropes and starts coming back, and Effie just plops down on all fours and yells, "Let me suck that dick, Mancer." <laughs> and the crowd starts chanting suck that dick suck oh my that god dick. it was great so of course mance you know he's from bucks north tennessee i mean he told me once i ain't nothing gay about getting your dick sucks on so he unbuckled his belt and undid his jeans and did the big pantomime reach up way high to go way low like he's gonna pull the old hog meat out and then comes up and just did the double eye poke. <laughs> it was great. You would have loved it. I was like, this is Tony Schiavone's shit right here. <laughs> yeah. Mance Warner is going and, and Effie are going to be on bigger platforms soon. And you know what? Brett Lauderdale, the guy who sort of drives the train for GCW, he has an incredible eye for talent, you know, cause I've seen so many guys who are now with you over on AEW that. I first saw there. Mm-hmm. Kid cash, man can do a lot of shit here. It's weird that, you know, I always wonder why kid cash didn't make it big, bigger. I mean, obviously he had a good career. He, he bounced around and was everywhere, but 
It always felt like he could have done more. He's one of your Virginia boys, but he was in WCW right there at the very tail end. His only match is the final episode of thunder on March 21st. And that's bad timing. And, but he was in ECW, you know, off and on from like 96 to 01, but not much consistently until the tail end. And then was in TNA for a few years and then WWE for a few years and then back in TNA and. Uh, it's just weird that he didn't have more of an opportunity. What do we got here, man? Fuck. Well, Mikey took the brunt of that. Mikey has Mike. uh, developed quite the legacy as a, a wrestling trainer. I think he has uh, students, former students now with every major company. Whether it's Impact or WWE or AEW, it's pretty cool the legacy he's got, not just as a performer, but as a trainer now. I tell you what, I tell you what you have done done for me today. What's that? Uh, you have you have made me realize that there's plenty of talent out there. I look at that, three of those. Man. Three in a row, man. Bottom rope, second rope, top rope. That's a super crazy original. He's the first guy I saw do it. And then later, you know, Christopher Daniels would do it when he would call his, of course, the best moonsault ever. By the way, I felt bad for Christopher Daniels, but I was really glad that he had a, a, a good sense of humor about it. A few weeks ago, we was wrestling a Pentagon and went for like a, uh, a springboard moonsault off the legs. I'm sure it's got a name, but it was always like the Van Damme style moonsault to me where mm -hmm. he would do it with his legs and or his thighs instead of his feet. And. He just ate it on the ramp and the internet had a lot of fun with it. But then being the elite came out and they turned it into something. And I was, I was glad to see that he had a good sense of humor about things. Shit happens. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say something here and you're going to, you're going to cause me to say, you're going to claim I'm sucking up, well, here we but, go. You're, but, but, but you're wrong. I just absolutely love being the elite. No, it's a great show. Oh, it is. <clears throat> but listen. Being the elite without it, AEW doesn't exist. And that's fucking not debatable, by the way. And I know that there's a lot of people who are going to say, oh, well, this could have happened or that could have happened. Nope. None of the storylines, none of the characters, none of the passion, none of the sense of community between the performers and the fans would have existed to make all in the incredible success it was. And then, you know, everybody, Tony Khan included, when they see all in, they're like, this is really impressive. And there can be real building blocks here, but those guys were making millions of dollars from selling t-shirts and personal appearances and merch, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all from a YouTube show. Mm -hmm. And you know, they believed in themselves and they bet on themselves and, and then they worked at it and they promoted it and it grew. And now AEW is a thing. So no, I agree. I'm a big proponent of betting on yourself and, and they own the distribution and well done. And by well the way, done the, is right. the unsung heroes of that, even though we're, we're jacking off being the elite, let's be clear. We're talking about the Jacksons, Matt and Nick, and obviously oh, that's right. lots that, of that, other they, co contributors, but it, it, the, the germ of the idea was theirs and that will be their legacy in wrestling one day. Yeah. You, sometime during the, the, the past three years, when you and I were doing this podcast, you, you mentioned the young bucks to me and you talked about the Melcher driver 
and you talked about their let you uh, talk about how big they were. And I just kind of wrote it off as, you know, again, you know, you talk about a lot of this at that time they were independent wrestlers and I just thought, yeah, what the hell? But then I started watching being the elite and then I got to know them and I, I just, uh, I, I, they're just absolutely sensational. And they're sens- look, they're sensational not only because of being the elite, what they can do in the ring, but they are just really great guys, and the business is better for them. You know, because here's the deal. Them. You know, and I know. I don't. I don't. We're not going to get too far in the weeds here, but the presentation of good guys and bad guys in real life compared to on screen are two totally different things. You know, I've had that conversation a lot with guys who work in the business. Like, Hey, if people only knew who the real bad guys in wrestling were, cause there are some absolute shitheads in professional Mm -hmm. wrestling. And and you would not know that if you were not within the inner workings a little bit, and I'm not saying I'm in the business, but I'm saying I've been close enough to the inside to know, okay. On TV, this guy's a great guy, but in real life, he's a fucking piece of shit. Right. The young bucks are exactly what you expect them to be. I don't think I have ever heard anyone say anything to disparage a young buck. No one's ever disagreed. Maybe they have disagreed, but no one's ever had a a, a bad thing to say about the Jacksons. Look at this right here, dude. Look, what are they doing? Kid cash. Oh my God. What a commitment. Mikey Whiprick has to the business. Off the top rope, Frankensteiner to the floor through a table. And it's at this point, it's probably old hat for ECW, but what a bump that was in 2019, much less 2000. I'm glad he took it flat on his back though. I can tell you that. I was thinking when the first came, when they first started, they'll go ahead first on that. And, but it was a bump pretty spectacular. No, but, but back to the young bucks. Everybody I'm, loves them. Nobody has yeah. anything to say about them. Like I, no. I am I, as a shoot, I am such a mark for them. I really am. I mean, here's the deal. I'll be honest. I heard about them a lot before I saw a lot about them. And, and you know, and all you would hear is critics say, oh, well, they throw too many super kicks and it's a thousand super kicks and blah, blah, blah. And see, so I went into it with like a predisposed idea of what it was going to be. Uh, and then I watched it and I was like, uh, the fans are going fucking bananas. Who's shitting mm-hmm. on this old fuddy duddies sticks in the mud who time has passed them by and. You know, we've, you and I have some friends who are not young buck fans and say, oh, I don't get it and blah, blah, blah. But magically, if they work somewhere else, boy, they'd get it and be huge fans. Yeah. Well, here's the fact. If you go to an AEW show, who gets the biggest pops? The young bucks, Cody, Omega and page the elite. They get the biggest pops because being the elite, by the way, Joey Janela gets a pretty good one too, especially well, of course some. he does. Yeah. And orange Cassie gets a major pop as well. Orange cat. I'm glad you mentioned that. If you're, if you're a, oh my God, a double stomp through a table onto chairs on super great. What the fuck that could kill somebody. Well, I'm sure what they were thinking is if he covers his body and his torso with the chairs, no. then it that- won't puncture the chair, but what a fucking gamble. What a crazy finish. Go out of your way to see this one. Meltzer dug it too. Uh, three and three quarter stars. Really unbelievable. Unbelievable he match. He could have stomped on that chair and one of those rails from bottom of the chair could have 
impaled. If you're going to see two matches from this show, I would recommend CW Anderson and Tommy Dreamer. And then this one, Mikey Whiprick, Yoshihiro Tajiri taking on super crazy and kid cash. Pretty good. Okay. We were talking about orange Cassidy before that great bump. Anyway, go out of your way to watch the best friends tag team match with orange Cassidy a couple of weeks ago in dark. When they finally make a hot tag to Orange Cassidy, the place goes fucking bananas. Yeah. And I understand, you know, we've got some hardcore traditional wrestling fans listening to this who grew up on Jim Crockett promotions and they're like, ah, I would never, I get it, but just go out of your way to have an open mind and watch the way the crowd reacts when he tags in and then tell me there's not something there. And here's the other thing that I think a lot of people have misunderstood about orange Cassidy and I get it. But when people see him do the little baby kicks on the shins, which is the way he starts a lot of his, uh, matches where, you know, we're going to go face to face, toe to toe, so to speak. And then he'll just start baby kicking at your shins, left one, right one, left one, right one, left one, right one, whatever. He's taunting the guy. Mm -hmm. He's not trying to fool you into thinking that he's really kicking the shit out of him. The guy's not selling it because he's not kicking him and he's not trying to convince you he's kicking him. It's almost like a taunt. Like if me and my sister were in the back of the car when we were 12 and he's touching me, he's touching me. No, I'm not, you know, that type of deal. Mm -hmm. It's just to annoy you and piss you off. And then when they finally, you know, hit orange Cassidy or whatever, then he fires up and now we've got a real match, but it's amazing to me how that gimmick has become so polarizing just because people don't understand. Look at it. Just watch the reaction and, 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 and really think about what he's doing and then watch the reaction and the old timers who hate it, they should love it the most. These motherfuckers have their motto has always been less is more. God damn it. You gotta, he ain't doing nothing and he's getting huge reactions. You should love it. And then if you see him perform, you get it because the kid can perform too in the ring. Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing. He was a traditional wrestler for years and years and years. Go out of your way. Go watch some of his old stuff. Duke can go. Great wrestler. Great man yeah. for the business. Loves the business. And oh, I have a lot of time for him. Good guy in the backstage. And you know, you talked about this, about some guys being assholes and dickheads. Somebody's being good guys. There's been an effort and rightfully done in AEW that everybody that's hired is a good guy. Yeah. They're hiring a lot of, as Cody would say, good eggs. Yeah. And that's important. That's important because it makes, it makes coming to work on Wednesdays fun. And when coming to work on Wednesdays is fun in the backstage area, that translates to what you see on camera. And back in the old, uh, back in the old WCW days, especially in like 99, 2000, it wasn't fun. And therefore you saw what you saw wasn't fun as well. It was a chore, but yeah, orange Cassidy, man, uh, when I first saw him, I thought what, but fucking I'm, I'm all about him now, man. Well, you, you had to, you had to open up, you had to get it. Yeah. And you get it. The more you see him, I just, I just wish we would. And, and I guess we're doing it the right way, but I guess we, I guess I wish we would let him wrestle more or do some of the crazy shit he can do in the ring a little bit more on dynamite. And I, and I'm no, I know they got a plan. Listen, the guys putting together AEW have a plan. They're just not, I mean, things change week to week. I get it, but they have a long-term plan for everybody seemingly. Uh, and, uh, 
So I hope they have a long-term plan for him because, hey, and you know, Trent and Chuck, man, they, those guys, people love them hugging, but those guys can go too, man. So anyway, enough about sucking up to AEW. Let's go back to, oh, one of our great coaches from AEW once he, you know, gets back healthy. Jerry Lynn's a good guy. And Jerry Lynn's body is suffering all the crazy shit he did back in the day. Have you talked to Jerry Lynn about his house? No, I'm not. He's the craziest house story ever. You should ask him about it. Okay. I will. Good guy. Lives out in the Nashville area. Right. But, yeah, he is. Uh, he had a situation with a home builder. That's just unlike anything I've ever heard before. Hmm. And he just called me cause he knows in the business. He's like, Hey man, I had a really weird situation. I had to run past you. And I'm like, uh, that's the most fucked up thing I've ever heard. Here's the number for my attorney for that. Call this guy. Mm. And here he comes. He's not just the coolest. He's not just the best. He's just incredible. Who? I'm sorry. I wasn't looking at him. What were you looking at? <clears throat> Hello. You're married. Calm down. I don't care if I'm married or not. She is sensational. And I hope she, you know what? I haven't reached out to her. I'm going to reach out to her right now. See how she's doing. You should wish her a Merry Christmas. I, I'm going to. You think she's probably sending you like small bras or panties or whatever for Christmas. If you want. No. God, she's just all wonderful. It's weird to me that you. That I slobber so much when she comes out. That you fawn over um, wrestling valets from 20 years ago. Yeah, I guess maybe. What were you talking about? I'm sorry. I don't know. Okay. I'm distracted too. I'm in the vortex. Hey, so uh, I know you didn't see these pictures of Cassio in this. Uh, Santa Claus jumpsuit. I'm not looking at Casio if I got to, if I don't have to. If, uh, I'll look at Judy. Got any pictures of her? I'm not saying I'm going to send you a picture. I'm just, I described his outfit to you. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. And then I posted a picture of him on social and I said, name this rapper wrong names only. <laughs> and Casio came up with the best one for himself. And it was big Fupa. <laughs> what? Big Dick, Fupa. Dick Fupa. Big B I G. Cause oh. here's the thing in rap. Everybody's a big or a lil. Right. So you're like notorious B I G or right. your, you know, little, little, this, little that. There you go. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> well, anyway, so. he calls himself big Fupa. Fupa. You're not in the loop on that. Are you? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm so I'm about, about as uncool as you'll get. Um, so here it is. Go ahead. Sometimes, uh, if a girl is not like, you know, Francine, we would classify her here in 2000 as slender. Was that a fair word to use? Mm -hmm. Slim. Maybe. She'd yeah. be, she'd be like good money slam though. Yes. So if you, if she had a little more meat on her bones, 
Mm-hmm. She was a little thicker. She maybe she liked to tussle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Now we're getting. Now we're getting. Some somewhere. of those girls might have what they would describe as a fupa. A fupa. A fat okay. upper pussy area. So like above the bacon lips, that little. <laughs> what? What? On Christmas Day, we have reached a new low. He caught, but he has to appreciate. Casio called himself Big Fupa because he's fat. See, okay, I get it. So, but you he, don't need to describe anything more. I get it. Well, I had to explain what. No, you don't. You don't. I, but you I, didn't know. I, I know to, what I know. What upper is? Okay, I get it. So he's Big Fupa, huh? Yeah. Then we also had. A picture that we posted of Mance Warner sitting next to Cassio Kid, and I said, "Name this tag team." Wrong names only. And uh, one of the names was uh, Flower and Glory, which I thought was pretty good. One was Nation of Carbonation. <laughs> Jesus, this one you'd like the Canned Ham Connection. <laughs> the do not revival. <laughs> that got you. Yes. In other words, let those fuckers die. <laughs> I liked uh, Kool-Aid and Sling Blade. Oh. Uh, <clears throat> so it, it sounds like that uh, it was uh, that uh, No Holds Barred Christmas was an, uh, another smash. It was, except for when they tried to, they all put those hoods on and started trying to beat me up, or I thought, but their punches were missing by foot. So. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed really that Matt Coon is still invited. Why? I just saying, oh, well, I guess you gotta have somebody to laugh at. There we go. Now you're thinking like me, see? Yeah. Making fun of, he did, uh, he did start wearing out some eggnog at one of our outings. I was kind of shocked by that. Well, you shouldn't be. It looks like he's worn out a lot of eggnog in his day. I've never had eggnog. Oh, come on. No, seriously, my family never drank it my whole life. And then did you I, try it? No, because I was told it was like it was like a milk like deal with alcohol. I don't want to I don't want to mix milk with alcohol. God, Conrad, you You know me, when I get going, buddy, I'm going. Yeah, but you're adventurous and, and I don't know why you wouldn't try eggnog. I feel like I'm gonna throw up. I don't want to throw up. Okay. Eggnog's pretty fucking good. What about what about a team name again for Mance Horner? And, uh, Cassio kid, what about Harlem overeat? <laughs> I like do not revival. <laughs> That's the best one. What about the four course men? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad man showed up. That was that, that I knew he was showing up and I, I, that's a lot of fun. We had, uh, Dave Hancock in one of our outings seated next to, uh, Corey Ryan Forster. And you know, they're both bald dudes. 
Wait a minute. Corey Ryan Forster was there. Yeah. Glad I missed it, but go ahead. Well, anyway, I said when they sat by each other that they look like a before and after photo. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? What? One thing I've learned in the, uh, now, uh, heading to our fourth season, Mm -hmm. no one, no one in this world, no one that I've come across. And I would venture to say that no one, anybody has come across can bust balls like you. (laughs) It is like, it is like a whole new level. And, and the thing about it is you top yourself every time I talk to you, it's like, whoa, that's great. And I've got to be careful about what I take from you and use it home because I could get a divorce. (laughs) (laughs) You got to be, got to be on that line, you know, just, wow. And I'm sure the no holes barred Christmas was just that. (laughs) Yeah, there was, there was a considerable (laughs) amount of ball busting going on that (laughs) way. God. So here's our buddy, Steve Carino in a three-way dance here with Justin Credible and Jerry Lynn. Of course, by this point, um, Taz is gone. Shane Douglas is gone. Sabu is no showing. Van Damme is gone. Mm. And now Carino in real life is in a three-way dance with Terry Taylor and triple H. Did we talk about the fact that, uh, I learned at Starcast four, uh, who created like I had two guys swear to me that in the eighties, a, a, one of the boys created ass to mouth. Uh, hell of a match going on here. They oh, said, fuck. They both said it was Terry Taylor, but Terry Taylor was the inventor of ass to mouth. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me. Did you see Credible? I guess they were going to try to throw him over, and he just landed with his knee on the top. On the guardrail. On the guardrail. Yep. Did you know that Butch Reed founded Atlas Security? (laughs) See Ronnie right there. He's still there. Same mullet and everything. Oh, yeah. Ronnie's still around, man. I Those feel, guys. I feel like Ronnie owns a lot of coolers. <laughs> oh like gosh, Ronnie, Shane. There's a couple of others. I'll miss their names, but you know they're always around. The, th- the three staples are uh, Sam, Shane, and Ronnie. Okay, they're at every AEW show. Right. And you see Ronnie. He was the guy who opened the uh, limo for you and Cody. He's yeah. usually the guy who uh, does the uh, private the, party. Yeah, the private party. What are those? The stanchions for private party. Right, right. Oh, hey, you want to hear a fun uh, Dave Silva story? Sure. Everybody thinks Dave Silva's like this great guy. And you've probably been fooled into thinking that too, that Dave Silva's like a really good guy. Right. Dave Silva's not a good guy. It's not, huh? This past week, he was, we're, we're down in our favorite watering hole. Oh, I think I've talked to you too before. And he says, um, 
that fucking bump. Yeah, my parents are pretty upset. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, this will be the first year that we've done Christmas without them and the grandkids. You know, normally they come over first thing and we have some, you know, breakfast tacos and watch the kids open presents and then they go take a nap and then we do Christmas lunch together. And it's always just been what we've done every single year of their lives and gotten everybody together and all that. And this year it's not going to happen. And I'm like, why not? I thought they were coming. He's like, ah, they can't afford it. And I said, oh, dude, I'll take care of it. I'll fly them in. No big deal. What, what airport are they going to fly to Harlingen? And he's like, yeah. So I pull up Google flights and I'm like, dude, I can get them here for 600 bucks. I'll take care of that right now. Just shoot me their names. And then he just looks at me, sticks his lips at goes, Hmm. Nah. And I'm like, what? What? And he's like, nah, I mean, I just, I just need one Christmas, you know, just nah. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You were just saying that kids are upset because they won't be with their grandparents on Christmas and your, your parents are upset because they won't be with their grandkids on Christmas. And I just offered to fix it. Something you brought up. I didn't bring this up. You brought it up that there was a problem. People were upset and I offered to fix it and you just shut it down and said, nah. And he's like, yeah, I just, you know, we hadn't been gone that long. It's not that big a deal. It's just one Christmas. And I'm like, all right, listen, all right, whatever. But hypothetically, God forbid, what if something were to happen to one of your parents and they mm-hmm. missed their chance to have one last Christmas with their right. grandkids. Right. And immediately all of my buddies at the bar just start piling on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just can't believe that you would rob that experience from them. And then they sort of playing last Christmas from George Michael. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because they could have had one last Christmas with those grandkids. Mm-hmm. An old double eight last. Dave Silva not letting it happen. It'd be like last Christmas I offered a fight for your parents to come from Mexico. But you said no, you fat motherfucker. Now they're never gonna see their kids again. Wow, isn't it terrible? That's horrible. That's absolutely horrible. I don't, I don't, I don't get it with Dave and uh, a, a brand new house, new neighborhood. Get to see everything. Get to he just. <clears throat> I don't know what's wrong with him. You know what? Let's call him. Let's just get to the bottom of this. Okay. <laughs> he's Shivaniing Christmas. There's, he's got to pick up. He always picks up from you. <laughs> By the way, is that the fucking lamest voicemail you've ever heard? That's the worst. He's so over the top stupid with it that I like. So several months ago, I mocked it to the point where I convinced him that his message was actually different than it really was. How about this pile driver right here? He's setting up. Oh, oh big time tombstone. Oh. Jesus. How about that, dude? That was something, man. I love those tombstones. That was that. Movie yeah. Was called, That's you know- incredible. I love them too, but they're so fucking dangerous. I mean, you're, you're, uh, 
Sometimes you're a couple of inches away from ending your life. That's what she said. <laughs> so anyway, I can, I convinced, uh, Dave Silva that his voicemail message, his greeting starts with howdy folks, Dave Silva here. Now, howdy folks. I added in everything else is exactly as you heard to that exact cadence, but howdy folks. I just freestyled and he took great issue with it. He's like, I would never say that. So maybe, maybe we need like a cartoon caricature of Dave Silva with one that just says howdy folks above it. Howdy yeah. folks. I'm going to try, I'm going to try on my end to call him. See if you can hear this. Oh, you hear yeah. it ringing? Yep. All right. <clears throat> Boy, he's having a Shivani Christmas. What the fuck's going on here, dude? Dave Silva here. Sorry, Mr. Cole, but leave a message, and I'll call you right back. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Fuck you. Yeah, there was my message. Had a chance to be on what happened when. What happened when Dave didn't pick up. What are they doing to Francine here? Are you still with me? Yeah, I'm watching. She's holding her jaw. Mm. What's your heart? Leave that poor girl alone, guys. They're showing a lot of her here. Yeah, they are. I mean, you like that. Yeah, I do. I'm, but I'm surprised they're staying on her so long, really. I guess maybe the guys are like, <laughs> that's probably Charlie with the camera looking around for something to shoot here. There we go. Whew. Meanwhile, back to the action. Of course. Let me ask you something. Yes, sir. Uh, how do you stand on a TLC? Uh, it as a pay-per-view or a tables, ladders and chairs match as a pay-per-view. No, you should not have yeah. a, a, a pay-per-view. The gimmick should ha a gimmick match should happen when the storyline dictates that it should not because we just needed a July show or we needed a September show or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you very much for saying that. And if you have so many of those, they all, they mean nothing. Yeah. No, Cause at this point people still talk about the first TLCs, but nobody's like, Oh, a TLC 2014. That doesn't happen. It's just another show at that point. And realistically, from a WWE standpoint, the shows that people make like appointment television and remember really are three WrestleMania, Royal Rumble and SummerSlam Royal mm -hmm. Rumble. They remember for other matches. Sure. But mostly the actual rumble gimmick match, but SummerSlam feels like a big show. And WrestleMania, of course, is the granddaddy of them all. 
Yeah. Well, you know, you go, but you said earlier, less is more. Mm-hmm. I think they ought to, they ought to scale back. It's not like they're looking, not like they're hurting for money. No. Now that they got the network, basically everybody, the most people, I would think, I don't know the, the numbers or I don't know the, the, uh, the research, but I would think that most people who watch the pay-per-views already own the network anyway. And so I don't see why they don't cut it back and make them more, even more special. But just like the NCAA, everybody's a whore. Wow. Ooh. Of course, you're going to see a nut shot. Why not? Here's the fuck. Jesus, criminy Christ. Look how bent that ladder is. Justin could do some good things, couldn't he? I mean, I know, I know he's had some personal problems moving forward. But yeah. he, was a, he was a pretty good hand. He was a great performer. Yes, know. he was. He has had some addiction struggles, and it's been painful to see. But I think he's doing good now. I think he's... You know, on a, good, on a good run right now. I, as a matter of fact, I, I uh, just recently, actually it was yesterday, I was going through all my old pictures and I pulled up a picture of uh, of me and George the Animal Steel and me and Justin Credible. We all were at uh, at Bud, Bud Carson's in Allentown years ago, an autograph signing. It's the first time I got to meet Justin. Good guy. I don't know how much further that camera can stretch, guys. They stretch it out. Okay. Fuck. They're, they're having trouble coming up with shots here, aren't they? Yeah. See him climbing the stairs, going to the, huh. the, the balcony here. Okay. With a cane, bleeding through the crowd. Wow. By the way, this match got three and a quarter stars. Yeah, the camera work didn't. Sorry to say. There you go. Stay with him. That's a good shot. By the way, ended off of this show from the network feed is uh, Blue Meanie getting a blowjob. Okay. We saw Tony DeVito uh, with uh, the the Baldies, him and Angel getting off a subway right before this right uh, match started. Well, the. In the pay-per-view version, they jumped to another segment, showed Blue Boy getting a beach from Jasmine St. Clair while he was driving. They didn't actually show the, they just alluded to it. Yeah, where the head was. The head. The, the head of her on the head of him. <laughs> on the old purple soldier. <laughs> yes. That'd be one way to describe it. Well, I think, I think your great close personal friend called it a blue vayner. Mm. This, uh, this is a hell of a match, but man, uh, this, uh, this, this lack of shooting, I guess it makes it look real, doesn't it? But you know, with a guy with a flag on his head and the sign and I mean, let's, we want to, I mean, now we're seeing another cameraman. This is really fucked. And I'm not blaming the cameraman. They're doing as best they can. Right. Absolutely. But the one cameraman that went with them, apparently he, he 
he's not getting any shots. There he's back again. <laughs> Guy smoking a cigarette. <laughs> wow. Yeah, this is. Here they come. Yeah, this whole interlude is is not good. Well, look, Carino bleeding. Holy shit. He's not bleeding because he bladed, just because he had to walk through a New York crowd. <laughs> a lot of Black Friday shoppers in there. Now, where did that, did, has uh, Jerry Lynn been eliminated here? Yeah, he took that Tombstone Pod driver earlier. Okay, and that was it. He was out. Gone. One, two, okay. three. He was pinned. So it's an elimination match. It's not a three-way where if you pin one guy, you'll win it. You pay just as much of attention to this as you do Dynamite. <laughs> Now, now, hang hang on just a motherfucking second. I'm going to take exception to that. Because I, not only do I pay attention to Dynamite, I'm well prepared. My entire day is nothing but getting prepared for that show. That's nothing but asking Marvess, what should I say here? What should I say there? I do some flirting at times. Of course. In the makeup chair. Uh, yeah. Hey, are you really an alien? Oh, uh, can I, can you probe me? Do you mind if I say something about another pay, another podcast I'm going to be working on? No, I mean, I expected it. I'm, I'm ready for it. No, no, it's AW's podcast, which is going to drop in January. And, uh, so just unsubscribe they approach me to about, this one. Listen to that one. <clears throat> they, they approached me about doing it and they asked me, who would you like to work with? And I said, Aubrey Edwards, because Aubrey behind the scenes has such a great personality. And not only that, she's fucking over big time. They chant her name. When she, oh, another tombstone pile driver. So Aubrey and I will be doing that. We're just going to interview some people behind the scenes and go backstage at AEW's dynamite. So there you go. It's completely different than this. So just go ahead and unsubscribe to this one. No, subscribe to them both. It's called AEW unrestricted. Just listen to that one. It's fine. No, it's not. No. It's not. No, I'm sure she's better at this than I am. It's fine. No, no one's better than this than you are, but she's very, very good. And I have a lot of time for her because she has a, she just like, like she and Dasha both. I work with both and they have both great bubbly type one, two, three. That's matches over personalities. You're going to talk about tussling with either, either one of them. Mm, no, no, wouldn't do that. What about Blumpkin? So y'all going to get into a big Blumpkin discussion. <laughs> Would you stop with that? Just saying how our show might be different. So we've got a little surprise here with we do? Uh, two minutes left in the show. The crowd is going nuts. Steve Carino is your champion. Yeah. But wait a minute. There he is. Holy shit. Sandman is back. Kane and motherfuckers left and right. Look at the cane. He's destroyed the cane on Carino. But the fans really not uh, reacting that much, are they? I'm glad you said that because Meltzer would say they rush sand, uh, no pop at all for the finish, and they rush Sandman out here without his usual long entrance. He came the hell out of Carino in victory and left with the belt to send the home, send the crowd home happy. Huh. 
Meltzer, well, they- the brawling in the crowd seemed to kill whatever limited interest there was. So you're exactly right that the brawl was just, uh, not great. And it's not that it wasn't good action, but you couldn't see it. If you can't see yeah. it, you can't cheer for it. Exactly. But thankfully you can cheer for us here on the show. We've had a lot of fun and we're going to do something fun next week here on the show. I can't believe we're finally getting to do this, but you and I are going to sit down and we're going to watch the episode of Monday night raw, where Mick Foley becomes the champion. We're famously on the other show on nitro. You drop the old, he wrestled here as cactus Jack and he's going to be their world champion. Huh? That'll put a lot of butts in the seats and history was made. So we'll sit down and watch that episode of raw with Tony next week. Don't you dare miss it. Also worth mentioning. Jim Ross will be watching the episode of nitro that was head to head that night. Of course, that's the famous finger poke of doom. A lot of stuff going on that same week in wrestling. And we'll have the voice of raw watch nitro and the voice of nitro watch raw. And, uh, we'll see if Aubrey Edwards can compete with that type of fucking ingenious podcasting. That's going to be interesting week. Come on. That was funny. Listen, I'm looking forward to it next week. We hope you guys have a very Merry Christmas. And uh, I can't believe it. This is our last show of the year. We'll be back next week. Going to do that uh, very special edition of Monday Night Raw. And Tony has never seen it. He may have seen the actual moment where Foley won the match, but not actually sat down and watched the whole show. So we're going to do that next week right here on What Happened When. But for now, Tony, sadly, on this beautiful Christmas day, it looks like it's about that time. It is about that time. Dave Silva is making his way to the ring, ladies and gentlemen. Here he comes to the ring, and all of a sudden, coming from the entranceway, oh, it's the Creepers. And they attack Dave Silva. They're swinging. They're missing. They're swinging. They're missing. But they're still attacking Dave Silva. And a couple of the Creepers have pulled off their mask. Oh, it's Dave's parents. Dave's parents, they're attacking Dave. And now a couple of the other masks come off. It's, It's Dave's children. It's Dave's children are attacking Dave. And now... And, and they're, oh, Heather, it's Heather, Heather Silva. She's one of the creepers. She's attacking Dave. All of them, all five of them are attacking Dave Silva right now. Oh, here comes a big creeper. He's pulling his mask off. Oh my God. It's weird. Louie Benson. He's attacking Dave Silva. My God, this is the humanity. We're desperately out of time. Have a very Merry Christmas. We'll see you next week. On what happened when we're on Westwood One as well as on Mondays on Patron. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. <laughs>